Wow, if Adolf and I had that YouTube blurring, it would have been so much easier. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, July 19th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 427. This is No Agenda. I traveled on trains, planes, and automobiles to get back home to Camp Mofo, and I'm here in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm taking part in the first post-post-modernist podcast in the world, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Greg and Buzzkill. In the morning. The first what? Post-post-modernist. <laughs> Was this For like want of a better term? Was this like a Dvorak family topic of conversation at dinner or something? As a matter of fact, yes. Yeah, see, <laughs> you were like, "Hey, Dad, I'm reading this book on modern art, <clears throat> the history of it, and and we don't have a term for what's actually going on today." Yeah, we, we've just left the postmodernist era uh-huh. after being in the minimalist era, and now we are in some new era, which apparently, uh, from uh, start analyzing it, our podcast is part of the post-postmodernist well, era, yeah, whatever it's going to be called. You know what's really post-postmodern, and I and I appreciate you did it. Is your uh, your new uh, avatar on Skype? <laughs> <laughs> You have a, a You wanted me to change it. So you're wearing a Russian babushka hat and uh, you've got a glory hole instead of a mouth. I'm not quite No, sure. this is a this is the, <laughs> my gl- ode to the to the to the uh, PBS painter, the guy who <laughs> right, paints the, right, the oil right. paintings in real time. Uh, that's a, that's actually a, a hairdo. Dude, it's not a hat. Dude, what is on your It looks like a glory hole. What is that thing? I don't know. I don't know what a glory hole looks like, but I don't think it's that hairy. Yeah, I think uh, depends what what establishment you're in. Yeah, well, maybe if they'd wash the place once in a while. Anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you. Uh, what's your name again? Uh, Adam Coogan Curry, uh, Mr. Adam Curry. Now the betrothed. Adam Curry, uh, back from Holland, I want to say uh, in the morning to you, in the morning all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water. Yes, and of course, uh, in the morning uh, to all of our uh, producers who are uh, our human resources there in the chat room, uh, they don't, they're, they're like the honey badger, they don't care, they don't care, they're in the chat room even if we're three hours late, and someone found a harmonica. A cheap Chinese harmonica that sounds nice. like crap. Wow, man, what a what a trip I had. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why we weren't on for the last couple of shows. Yeah, and, and the, the worst thing, though, is that we, we had two uh, pre-produced shows, 425 and 426. And they were well-received, I might add. Yeah, a lot of people actually liked them better. <laughs> <laughs> They're well, like, hey, you should yeah, do that more. That. You, should, should do, you should do that more often. I'm like, oh, Stay away. Okay. So if you're just catching up to the uh, program here, uh, for those of you who uh, listen to every single episode and are weeks behind, hey, got married, and uh, Ms. Mickey and I went uh, to the uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands for the ceremonies, and uh, I, I must say, it's, it's, it's always interesting to be back in, uh, in the old country. You learn a lot. You learn a lot. And, uh, I mean, what, do you want a little report? or what, The old what, country. Yeah. I like that term. That's what I think my mom used to use. It is the old country. Well, not like Italy old country. Um, you know what's really interesting? Because, of course, Ms. Mickey and I are incredibly well-known in this small uh, 
uh, in this small uh, state of Euroland, known as the Netherlands. And uh, on top of that, it's July, so there's like, you know, it's a bare-bones skeleton crew in the press. And oh, right, because everybody's on vacation. Yeah, so we were... We were. Oh, that's the good timing for yes, you. Yes, we were. And now, back to real news. <laughs> we were the news. <laughs> and guess what? Newsflash. The press is stupid. <laughs> huh. Everything. Hold on a second. Wait, I gotta get my phone. What <laughs> was that? that? Now, the press is... Let me write this down. <laughs> stupid. It's good to be reminded, though, you know, because, you, you know, we haven't been center of attention of anything, and no one gives a crap about us here. Which is really nice. But then that was just like every report is wrong. Uh, you know, right down to. <laughs> well, give me some of the. We, you know, there's a lot of it was, was apparently uh, video blogged and ended up on YouTube, even though you couldn't understand anything because they were speaking in Dutch. But uh, what was. Give us some examples of the, uh, of the miss of the classic press screwing up. Okay. Well, um, let's just start with uh, we were staying at Mickey's flat which she hasn't had for uh, three years or two years. Uh, of course, it was a, a friend's apartment, Lex, my buddy Lex. He let us use his pied-a-terre. Uh, they had, uh, let's see, the wedding date wrong, the venue wrong, uh, <laughs> just about every single thing wrong. And I always love it how they, they always, uh, you know, Adam Curry, former DJ, like, thanks, bitch. Like former this, DJ, you know, not one mention of no agenda, not one mention of anything I've ever done in my life. Just former DJ. Yeah, uh, right. Um, you know, but it, it's just everything. Everything was wrong. However, somehow, and I don't know what, why this happened or what the spin was, but they were really, really nice to us. Even though I had everything wrong, they were like really respectful, and you know, it's like I think you get to a certain level of superstardom, which is it's completely unwarranted. There's no reason for it other than it's July and they had nothing better to do. Because, of course, there's no other news happening anywhere. Um, but they, you know, we had paparazzi camped outside the door in the streaming rain for, for days. Yeah, it seemed like it was raining there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is kind of cool because I introduced the term liquid sunshine to the Netherlands, you know, as, as we're walking out in our in our suits and, uh, and Mickey in her beautiful wedding dress. And then we've got umbrellas and everything like, oh, are you bummed out? It's raining. I said, no, man. As it literally said it in English. No, man, that's liquid sunshine. And that's the quote everywhere. Curry says liquid sunshine. But then some, some newspapers translated it to Curry said he has the sun in his hair. What? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is how dumb they are. <laughs> he has the sun in his hair. Anyway, it was kind of cool though to be, uh, you know, to, you know, to have security and and the press, you know, like bikes driving into them, the falling over each other, and you know, trams hitting them. Yeah, that's cool. No, I, you you can move back. No, I don't think so. No, actually, I was going to say cause at the same time, you know. Um, so we're staying in, at my buddy's house, and he says, uh, "Look, you know, it's his pied terre, and he doesn't use it all that often." All you have to, you know, use it whenever you want. All you have to do is just whatever you use up, just replace it, you know, so I don't go there and, like, there's no coffee or... I got to meet this guy. Oh, you love him. Uh, Particularly because he has a pied-a-terre in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, that that too. (laughs) That would be a reason. And, you know, but also, like, toilet paper, right? So you're there for a week, and I'm like... I'd I'd, I'd, uh, establish his uh, wine collection a little better, a little higher level. Mm. That would be my exchange. Uh, The the wine collection is not uh, at the pied-a-terre. 
And uh, so, you know, so then I'm like, oh, I'll just go out and I'll just go buy some toilet paper. And then it's kind of weird because, you know, you, I, I walk around the corner up to the Leicestraat and I go into the drugstore and I come out, you know, with like, you know, eight rolls of toilet paper and the paparazzi's, you know, taking pictures of me, you know, and then it's like, then it sucks. What's she going to do with this toilet paper? <laughs> it's like, you just feel watched. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I don't have that anymore. Um, anyway, there was, so the weather was okay. I didn't, I didn't mind that. But uh, the big bummer was Christina's passport. Her entire bag with everything was stolen in the week oh, prior to the. Geez. Yeah, but I mean everything, right? So the kid had no ID, and I think there's been some blowback from uh, the State Department. Uh, me essentially calling uh, our Secretary of State Hillary Clinton an evil uh, uh, Luciferian devil bitch. Yeah, I don't think they even know. Well, uh, they uh, they put this poor girl through the ringer. She could not get a passport. She uh, to this day still does not have a passport. She's stuck in Amsterdam? No, no. She was in, in, in L.A. She never made it to the wedding. Oh, I was wondering about that. Yeah, it was. It was so wait a minute. Wait, she, she had her stuff stolen at the airport? No, no. From her from the car, uh, of course, you know, uh, it wasn't, been the, a bag job. wasn't the smartest thing. Uh, but everything. So she had no ID. So, you know, I, I'm literally like I, I, I had her birth certificate sent that off. You know, and then she has to show like W-2s and, and then, you know, but, the, but they kept saying, no, this is not enough. You have to come back. And it's like, don't you have a yearbook? Like, what? <laughs> Gotta show a yearbook? If, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone with her mom. Her mom is rummaging around trying to find stuff, uh, you know, finds like a report card and, and actually one of those uh, child protection. I guess she was fingerprinted at one point in New Jersey as a kid. You know, no, that's not enough. No, you have to have tra- it's like all this bull crap. And and then and they said, and they said well, no, no, we're not going to give it to you. No, no. And by the way, we're going to keep all this stuff. We're not going to give you a birth certificate back. And so the kid's like distraught. She can't even buy a new phone. You know, her bank card, everything's gone. She says. Well, do you have a pay phone that I can use? And they laugh at her. They laugh in her face. So <laughs> this isn't the nineties. These are the a holes, a holes at State Department. Anyway, I, I will say that uh, some no agenda producers jumped in. Uh, Richard and Hashim from VisaHQ.com, who, by the way, have set up a ten percent discount for no agenda uh, producers if you use that as the uh, coupon code. Uh, they were very, very, very helpful, although there was just not enough time left uh, to actually get her the passport. But uh, So they're going to walk it right into the State Department in D.C. on Monday, and she'll get her passport and everything. But it was just like, wow, you know, it just, it was, it was, that was mean. That really, that sucked. Um, let me just say a few things about uh, the Netherlands, of being a part of Euroland. Status has changed, status symbols. Uh, with the you know with the Great Depression going on over there, it's really interesting. Everyone now is really into really 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 small cars, pref- preferably battery cars. Everyone wants a battery car, and the gov- instead of a clutch car, yeah, and the government is incentivizing it. Check this out: they they give you free parking spots at charging stations that are government subsidized that they you know they they're sprinkling throughout the city. And everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, I'll get a battery car now. And so, the, you know, you get free parking, you can plug in. It's really that's not bad. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and, you have that at the Oakland airport, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then iPhones, you know, it's like, 
No one that any the only thing people use their iPhones. If you don't have an iPhone, you're a douche. Which I I just found in you know they look at me like what is that thing? So, What's that crazy phone you've got? <laughs> yeah, what is that? So that's kind of you know the Galaxy Note man. That's kind of cool. And, and, uh, that's yeah. not an iPhone. That's not also cool. point out to him that your phone isn't scratched up like theirs. Mm. Indeed. Um. So uh, well, anyway, we had. Uh, we had a fant- we had a bachelor party which was thrown for us at the supper club. I know you've been to the supper club on uh, Queen's Day, so that was uh, that was just fantastic. Um, there was I think there were like ten no agenda producers who uh, came to the bachelor party. It was really fun, nice. And they gave me you know they gave all kinds of you know crazy like remember uh, you know um, no agenda groupie. Remember her? Mm-hmm. When we talked about Vaguely. her. Yeah, the Vaguely. official official no agenda groupie. So she gave me like this huge black dildo. There's all these kind of gags. What, what I wonder what she was hinting at there. I don't know. <laughs> but she also gave me all kinds of other cool stuff, like a G8 France wristwatch. <laughs> like one of those premiums they give out at the G8 meetings. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, I got all kinds of groovy stuff. And, uh, but it was, really, it was just really nice. And, you know, and I have to say, I know agenda producers in Holland. They're a handsome-looking bunch, all like you know, six feet tall. These guys are all good-looking. Yeah, that was really, uh, that was nice. It was great to have him there. And then we just had, you know, it was just one of those crazy supper club parties, right? But it, but it was really well done, well executed. And then we had our um, our actual nuptials with a closed group. A close, Where was this? The, the, the wedding itself? Yeah. Yeah, so that was Monday. And that was on the supper club cruise boat. They have a... a oh, you, I, right. There was a video of this. Yeah. It, and that was fantastic. I was wondering what you were doing on this boat. Yeah. <laughs> And it was great. I mean, you know, just, you know, like I have a couple friends and they came, you know, there were, I have to say people, even at the wedding said, so where's that, where's that, uh, what's that asshole's name? Dvorak, that grouch. Where's he? <laughs> where's the grouch? Hey. Yeah. Uh, I w- far to walk. I would like to say that uh, I officially uh, hereby ban the use of rice during weddings. I think this is a very bad thing. Uh, it apparently makes birds explode. Well, it's uh, here in the U.S. of A. Now, most people use bird seed. No, well, they used rice, and because you know, it was raining, so the rice got in my hair, and it started to expand. I still have rice, you know, in my hair. I can't get it. It's like it's like growing use in my cold. scalp. It's growing in my scalp, and uh, and there's rice everywhere. You know, I came home in the suitcases. Um, so anyway, so you know, uh, you know, it's, it's all real new stuff. So, but it was just, it was really nice. Ms. Mickey said yes. It was beautiful. She said Santa. yes. She said, <laughs> she said yes. Wow, well, that, that was a highlight. Uh, now let's talk about the travel back because that was kind of perfectly coordinated to leave on Wednesday and to arrive here at Camp Mofa on Wednesday. Uh, first of all, at Schiphol Airport, Amsterdam's international airport, always nice to know that there is a no-agenda uh, Wi-Fi access point throughout the entire airport. I think we've talked about this before, uh, that uh, I think one of our sysadmins may have something to do with the infrastructure there. Uh, so you can probably guess how to connect. He asked me specifically not to mention it on air, uh, but throughout the entire airport, there is a uh, an access point for no-agenda producers. Uh, you can probably. Now it would say what would would the would the you uh, would the um, uh, name of the access point be no agenda perhaps it, it would be kind of apparent um, and then I, I would assume the, I don't know the password I, I might might be kind of apparent 
the, the the password. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that was really cool. But then, uh, so people uh, can ask us in private if they ever want to yeah, go through yeah, that. Yeah, we'll yeah, set yeah. them up. Just uh, send us an email. We'll take care of you. And uh, so then we're uh, you know we're at the they have the security at the gate there at uh, Schiphol Airport and. Uh, so they've got the the Gitmo body scanners, and uh, I was actually, and, you know, and I'm like, well, this is gonna suck because you know you can't opt out in Europe. And remember, now this is the very airport where the underwear bomber boarded the plane, waltzed with, into the plane. Yes, with all kind with an explosive pair of underwear, and this is why we have all this Gitmo security everywhere. So Mickey walks right up, says, um, uh, "Yeah, I'd like to opt out. I'd like. To, I don't want to go through that." And there was a magnetometer uh, in the back. And they said, oh, yeah, no problem. You just have to take your shoes off then in that case. And we look at each other like, really? So we just take our shoes off, go through the magnetometer. And, and we get like a little frisk. But, you know, just like, you know, no uh, waiting for resistance and no inside the waistband or back of the hand or any of that. I could have had a, a huge package of explosives with me. And, and I'm like, really? This is all the security theater? This is what it comes down to? You just say, oh, I don't feel like going through your Gitmo scanner? Okay, no problem. And it wasn't because it was Adam and Mickey. And other people like, oh, well, I think, you know, of course, then we start a whole trend, right? You started a trend. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, let's follow those guys. So I was quite surprised by that. Uh, well, actually not surprised, but this is the airport where the, the underwear bomber got on. And it's an America, it's a flight going to America. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the whole thing was fake anyway. Surprise, surprise, uh, yeah. So we get to New York, and we touch down. 30 minutes later, there is the mother of all storms uh, over the New York metro area. So we're at JFK, and I even posted a a, a picture uh, from the Weather Channel. Uh, But it was unbelievable, and, you know, the, the... Power went out in the in the tri-state area. This you know flooding. It was just like a huge burst of kinetic energy. And immediately, uh, I get a, a a message on my phone from JetBlue, and we had like a four hour layover. Uh, yes, uh, your flight's been canceled, but we've rebooked you on Friday the twentieth at nine a.m. <laughs> So you'd be in New York for a day and a half. You'd, they'd yeah. actually put you up. This is this was Wednesday. No, they don't put you up. What, they just rebook you on Friday and you're stuck in Manhattan? Yes, yes, exactly. Or Brooklyn or Queens or wherever you're in. Uh, well, the JFK. Queens. Uh, JFK, Queens, yeah. Long, Long, yeah, uh, Queens. And uh, and so, of course, pandemonium uh, erupts because it's not just, the, you know, a whole bunch of jet blue flights, but everything was getting canceled left and right. And then you have New York, you know, then now, now it's like the dominoes start to topple. So, and by the way, I have to say, man, I married the right woman. When when the apocalypse uh, hits, you want to have Ms. Mickey at your side. She goes into like some kind of ninja mode, and you know, and she's like, "All right, you go to JetBlue counter. I'm gonna work it here." <laughs> she's like grabbing people and harassing people, and I hadn't even gotten to the JetBlue terminal, and she's already got like five different options and. I'm like, okay, and so we we finally figure out that the only thing we're going to be able to do, if we want to get back in time for the show, well, kind of in time for the show, is a flight this morning, 7.22 a.m. from Newark. Now, of course, uh, JFK to Newark is by itself like an hour and 15-minute drive. Uh, and it was like, okay, well, we got let's find a place to uh, to stay. 
Well, New York City is just the whole area. No hotel room, not a single hotel room available anywhere near JFK, anywhere near, certainly not near Newark Airport. It's all messed up. Uh, Finally, I find a comfort suites. I book it online. They accept my payment. We drive an hour and 15 minutes. It's like 15 minutes from Newark Airport. We get in. There's like uh, 50 people there. Uh, and and the girl at the desk like, yeah, our system just uh, allowed uh, people to book, but we didn't really have the rooms. Now it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, and, and there's like families with kids and it's, you know. Horror it's- story. This is a classic uh, travel horror story. In, in uh, But, you know, this is happens, happens every once in a while. It's actually kind of fun when you look back on it. Well, the cool part was I tweet and the No Agenda producers came into action. You know, of course. Uh, Dame Tanya immediately said, you know, come crash at my place. But, you know, really with like five hours to sleep before you had to get up and then going into Manhattan and going out, that was like, you know, option of last resort. And Mr. Oil, uh, who apparently, you know, hacks into like the, the, the orbits travel system. I don't know what he's doing. He's like, he's like, I'm on the case. Hey, we got you a suite at the Ritz. Well, it wasn't quite that. It was the Meadowlands Plaza Hotel, but it felt like the Ritz. I'll tell you that. And, uh, you know, so we finally, uh, we finally got a room. You know, now, now it's like midnight, uh, which, by the way, Mr. Oil paid for, too, which was incredibly nice. Didn't have to do that. It's a two and a half star hotel, I might point out. It's a nice establishment. And uh, now yeah, we got up this morning. And then, of course, you know, I'd already said, let's let's get up nice and early. Uh, you know, let's get off to the airport because it was a nightmare. <laughs> now you've got all these eight billion people who slept at the airport, all trying to, you know, get it, get onto the flight. So, you know, obviously you're in the in the schlep line and we're like uh, moving along. OK, finally check in. We've got four suitcases, one of which was 51 pounds. And oh, I, no. I know, I know. I, I, and she, and she opens her mouth. I look at her and I went like, really? Uh, I've been traveling for two days. Don't, just don't, don't, don't do this. And she went, okay. So that was kind of cool. But then you get to... What air, what carrier was this? United. Oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, but they don't... See, some, like JetBlue, if you're over the 50 pounds, you just pay, you know, like extra money. But at United is like can't go. This is like sorry, can't go this on. Reminds me, the one I flew on Lufthansa once, and they had some limit. It was even less than that. And so I put my bag on the thing. I said some international place. He says, "No, you're two, you're two, three pounds over." Yeah, you got to shift and it I around. Said, really? He says, "Yeah, you can't put." And I said, "Hold on a second. I opened the suitcase up, took out a laptop, and held it. Yeah, put the suitcase back on. He says, "Okay, you're good to you're go. You're good to go. I know it's crazy. It's crazy." And then I put the laptop back in the suitcase. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, these, most of these people are drones. But then security again, the fake security. A nightmare, I tell you. A nightmare. It's, it's like a 35, 40-minute wait for this fake scanning thing, whatever. And, of course, we want to opt out. now. But here's where Miss Mickey is. She's so awesome. So she goes right up to one of these, you know, numb robots. She flashes like some expired KLM gold card. She says, premium line. <laughs> and the guy, like, whoosh, opens the rope. <laughs> <laughs> goes right in, you know, to the, let me see your budding passes. He just like flashes it in front of his eyes. Premium line. I'm like, whew, which of course you all should do, by the way. And, uh, and so we cut like half the line and we, <laughs> and we make it onto the flight. You're a line cutter. No, perfect. We make it on. We're premium. We make it onto the flight 
And they closed the doors, you know, like two minutes after. And there were like, I think, 18 people who didn't make it onto the flight because of security. Oh, so there were 18 empty seats. Yes, yes. So we could actually stretch out, got even better. By the way, $1,900 for these two tickets, plus $120 for the baggage. Yeah. You lost your ass on this deal. Well, uh, that was the, uh, the, the Hot Pockets tour money. For the trailer is what that was. So, so yeah, well, yeah. hopefully uh, something. Yeah. Will, you know. Anyway, so we're here. I was able to uh, do a little bit of work uh, uh, in between, kind of all the all the events and all the goings on, and uh, so you know there is some stuff to discuss. And since we delayed the, it was funny because I had this, you know, I had this like. I have to be back by 11. You know, I I, I got to do show prep. And of course, <laughs> show there was prep. like no way to do any of this. And then and you said, well, let's just delay it by a couple hours. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah, right. Forgot about that. Yeah, you were kind of freaked out. Yeah, I what was. What are we going to do? <laughs> he said, we'll do it at noon. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. oh, yeah, we could do that. We have yeah. done the show off time every once in a while. But I have this well, responsibility feeling, man. You know? It's yeah, I like, know. I, I find that very, very, uh, it's very endearing. So just to, just before we go, we have to get our executive producers out of the way before we start bringing up some topics. But just because I know you were gone for such a long time, I I made a special recording. I'm doing a little throwback on today's show oh, okay. with an extra extra oh. to so you know what you missed oh. while you were gone. Oh, lovely! Oh yes, here we go! Crank it up, everybody! Extra, extra! Now on extra. Barry rushed to the ER with a head injury. Oh, no. Dangerous emergency. Is Allie's health in jeopardy? A concussion is a brain injury. Howard Stern's heartbreak. The shock jock near tears over the death of his beloved dog, Bianca. If I tell you this, I'm going to cry. Tom's daddy-daughter day in New York with Surrey turns scary. Their high-speed chase today in the rumors, Katie's running back into her ex's arms. New couple alert to me more and A-Rod. Their secret late night out here in New York. Countdown to summer's biggest blockbuster, The Dark Knight Rises. The stars in London today and our movie insiders, Ben Lyons, breaking down every twist. What? <laughs> Live at the Grove, Mario's got dancing's William Levy and the crowd wants a strip down. <laughs> Will he play Christian Grey in the Fifty Shades movie? And his surprise super fan, my mom. Okay, that's enough. Awesome. Plus, Sofia Vergara, TV's highest paid actress. Extras going inside Vergara Inc. (laughs) 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 And now, after the new news. Ah, you're up to date. That's it for our show, everybody. Good night. My That's goodness. about it. That was a pretty good summary. That was great. Well, I'm, I, I thank you. Now I know exactly what was going on. Yeah, I'm yep. so happy. All that was important was right there in that uh, tease. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Ah, you see, you do love me. So I, I went out of my way to get that clip. I know you did. <coughs> so uh, <coughs> if I can make it through the announcement, let's get. Our, we have a bunch of executive producers. We had a, a, a slew of uh, associate executive producers. We only actually have two executives, which I find odd over the last uh, three shows. But let's thank them. Neither one of them. I think Michael Baker may have sent something, and I'll look. But he came in three hundred dollars, and Vincent O'Sullivan in London. Uh, so we have both of them from overseas. Came in with three thirty-three thirty-three with the note potato, or is it potato? I don't know, but it's 
that was the note. So that there were that was great that they came in without uh, nice. being long winded because we don't have you know we're just going to be the show is going to have a it's lot gonna of be this. long. Yeah, El Yoho in Woodbridge, Virginia, two six nine six nine. He's uh, wants to know if I've ever been a stoner. The answer to that is no. I've uh, been burning through the episodes. He's just finished four twenty five. Clippity clop seems seems angry. Watch out, Curry, since we know she listens to the show. Well, there you go. That's why your... she yeah she screwed she screwed my daughter for that. Yep, thank you. Yeah, well, I yeah. think she'd probably like to screw your daughter. <laughs> I'm donating a nice little value for value with the sixty nine er bonus. I'm getting hitched treat crackpot. Congratulations. Wish you two the freaking best. Please give a karma shot to the newlyweds and ch- let me uh, get a clippity clop plus two to the head. Thanks. Check your email. I made some no agenda douchebag shirts to hit people in the mouth. So he wants a uh, what is he wants say? a clippity clop two to the head and then the karma for you two. It's clippity clop. The message is clear. Just clippity clop. <laughs> You've got karma. Edward uh, Beer, Beertoisen, Beertausen, Beertausen in Amsterdam, two sixty fifty eight. Uh, a few good reasons. Uh, tell Adam and Mickey congratulations. Uh, uh, secondly, he's missed out on some shows. His commute is much less currently. So thanks a lot. You're still around. I'm really getting tired of all the mainstream BS, and I'm basically pitching in for the shows I missed and making a promise to myself never to miss out for a long time anymore. Uh, also, this uh, as is total to a special eleven eleven account. All the oh, best, nice. Edward Beertoisen. Good Beer- luck, John Beertoisen. Beertoisen. There you go. Beertoisen. There you go, Edward Beertoisen. Uh, Thomas Weiler in <coughs> Oberdischbach, Switzerland. Ober Oberdischbach. Oberdischbach. Two five nine six nine. Hi, Crackpot and Buzzkill. Uh, I need some instant visa karma to get my U.S. visa. That's why the donation is one ninety. The cost of my visa plus sixty nine sixty nine. Keep it alive. And could you give my? By the way, we had sixty nine sixty nine for all the shows. You know, because I, you know, so they were coming in. So, so we we have, still, we're still good. We the have, streak is still going. Good, good, good. And could you give my birthday shout out from forty second? We got that listed up. I uh, also would like to get a shut up slave from the kid. We have a new kid, shut up slave, which is a. Well, uh, let's do a side by side. I yeah. want to hear them both. Well, it's a bilingual. So this is my uh, my my niece Sabina from Italy. Shut up, slave. And I say Italian. Stanzito, schiavo. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. The yeah, second the Italian. one is great. It's nice, isn't it? Shut up, slave. <laughs> I think the Italian thing karma. is quite good. Yeah, I think I should, I'll, I'll clip that separately. Yeah, Lynn Fog, Fogwell in Raleigh, North Carolina, 250. Wants to call out her little brother, Mark, in Cleveland as a douchebag. Douchebag. I've called him a douche for years, but this time it's for not donating to the show, she says. He knows this is the best podcast in the universe, so he can't use college tuition for his four kids as an excuse. (laughs) If they're so smart, they can get scholarships. (laughs) Cough up some shekels, dude. (laughs) That's giving it to him. That's nice, yeah. Someone out of the soul in Dallas, Texas, 250. Uh, And also in Texas, Jeremy Ross in Frisco. Texas, uh, 23432. Oh, palindrome. Palindrome donation. Palindrome time. Richard Bangs in North Bethesda, Maryland, 227. Oh, this is Richard from uh, Visa HQ. So there you have it. Hopefully this finds you well. Love the show. Worth the moniker of the best podcast in the universe. Been a douchebag since the Haitian earthquake, unfortunately, but no more. 
Joining the one percenters, I'm listening to the show 419 about Adam's travels to Damascus and the necessary visa requirements. I knew it was assigned to donate. I have a couple of requests, which I'll get out of the way. I would like some car for my company, visahq.com, V-I-S-A-H-Q.com. We provide visa and passport solutions. So this is your buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Illegal residents in the U.S., U.K., and Canada. Not citizens, but residents, mind you. So go to visahq.com if you're one of these people. Yeah. Anyway, he just wanted karma or anything. I don't well, think they, so. Well, yeah, he wanted uh, karma, and uh, he he mentions he has a ten percent discount uh, with the No Agenda coupon. And uh, thank you. We're going to work on the passport. You thought karma? Ah, really good guys. They really, really tried to get it all together. Good. We need. We have a lot of people that are like that on our that are our producers. Yeah. Mac Tank. Uh, Black Knight McTank, of course. Playa del Rey in 225. Congratulations. Karma for the newly betrothed. Mm-hmm. That means you. Yeah, that's me. We got it. You've got karma. White Hat Gene in Den Haag. Den Haag. Den Haag. 222. Uh... Reminding all Gitmo Nation Lowlands producers that our mutual friend, finance minister, Jean de Case de Jager. Jean Case de Jager. Uh-huh. Now, but just wait, paid before, out your tax return so you know where to go. By Dvorak. the way. org slash NA. Using some returns of my own divorce settlement payoff for happy marriage karma from Adam <laughs> and Mickey. Look at, look at the name. You see Jan Case? Jan Case? Yeah. Do you know what, you know what, uh, what word has been derived from Jan Case? Uh, a cheese? No, look. Put the two words together and say it fast. Yankees, Yankees, Yankees exactly. Young oh, case. You that's where the word Yankees where, derives yeah, from. That's where the word Yankees comes from. Yep, young huh. case. Yeah, I know. And then, oh, and then New York would make New Amsterdam. Yeah, it makes sense. You've got karma. It's not a nice thing, by the way, because if you're a young case, it's kind of like you're a dork. Well, that's what the South always believed. <laughs> Jeffrey Fitch in Vindermere, Florida, who's in the South, two twenty one, twenty two. Another uh, back and forth. Happy nuptials. Please send some house closing karma. Uh, Jeff. You've got karma. Yeah, we do appreciate the brevity. Gail Freund in, I don't know where he's from. Gainey Tick, Tickva. I don't know where that, that is. I don't know. Oh, uh-huh. um, I'm Gil Freund. And maybe that's Israel? That uh, sounds possible. Yeah. Triple sixty nine sixty nine birthday shout out to my HR Yuri. Yeah, it might be in fourteenth yeah. birthday. It's July eleventh. We got that listed. Mazel tov to Adam and Mickey Huntsman Karma, please. Huntsman is what he really meant. Yeah, no problem. You've got karma. Wrapping up, we got Ryan Burgett and both 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 bothel bothel Washington two oh two oh two. Another back and forth. Got uh, high just donating to No Agenda in the morning, dudes. Figured this would be down a week, and I'd like to elevate your economic beings, man. Also decided to honor the last 6969. I will make that the monthly donation of choice. Oh, nice. I invite all other No Agenda listeners to stop boning and pony up five bucks a month. <clears throat> These guys have as many listeners as they claim. They might be able to finally live high on the hog for being real American heroes. Oh. Because knowing is half the battle. I've decided, therefore, I want to be known as Mr. Sir in honor of my watermelon-sized, big-headed nephew, Grayson. <laughs> what? I'm teaching him to propagate the formula. We'll hopefully get <laughs> Shut up, slave, is the next word combination to repeat ad nauseum. I like this uh, having kids say shut up, slave. I also like the bilingual uh, versions. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is good. It's a winner. It's a real winner. It's, it's a winner. Uh, Ryan Breedlove in Am, uh, Amory, Mississippi. Hold on, hold on. Ryan at the end of his note there has a Oh, he wants props of karma to his cousin Elise Garling. And uh, some F cancer karma as well. So we'll hand that out. You've got karma. Ryan Breedlove, Amory, Mississippi. Uh, financing my quest for knighthood, accounting to follow. It's also my <laughs> wedding gift for. We actually did the accounting. Yep, you are a knight. knight. You are a knight. As of uh, the night segment, it is also my wedding gift from Adam and Mickey. Congratulations! Meeting you all in the Hot Pockets tour was a highlight of last summer. It's an honor to have you stop by with this donation. I'd like to douchebag myself for not continuing the no agenda shots. Douchebag. It's a great in, uh, initiative, but my schedule just got to be too great. I'm oh, almost so done with this school. Is, this is Rhino. Yeah, Rhino. Yeah, cool. Uh, Bearded. Yeah. Okay, he just wants to know where the hookers and blow are. Accounting short version. He's got all the numbers, uh, plus donation of 200 bucks cover, thus, plus many other donations that have come. Yeah, a lot of people uh, donated on his behalf. Yes. To, uh, so Sha- he- Sir Sean Connolly in Naperville, Illinois, $200. Donating to support. We have a lot of two flat out $200. One, two, three, four. We had a bunch of them. It was weird. I've never seen this before. <laughs> uh, asking for a mention uh, for, it could be because it's, Show 200.5. For Daniel Suarez's new novel re- released today called Kill Decision, which details autonomous drone, drones yes. and next-gen anonymous warfare. I, ha- I have read the book. He's, uh, uh, Mr. Suarez was nice enough to send me uh, an advanced copy. I've read the book, and he is scheduled for an interview on the Big Book Show. Ah. Um, Matthew uh, Carey, Eastwood, South, South Australia, $200, courtesy of my son, Josh, age 11, who offered to support the show from his own savings. Aww. He and I put together today's donation. We offer Adam and Mickey our best wishes on their recent, recent wedding. I hope this contribution helps with the Hot Pockets tour. I already have a knighthood, but I have a second black knighthood waiting to be rewarded. I'd like you to bestow that black knighthood upon Josh. Right on. Do we have it listed as Josh? Josh Josh's? I'm pretty sure we do, yeah. Maybe we can hold his hookers and blow in trust <laughs> for a few more years. Many thanks to you. Well, why don't you be like most parents? Just use them. <laughs> yeah. You've got karma. Hey, Daddy. Where's those hookers and blow that you've been keeping from me all that time? Uh, mm. Merck from <clears throat> Urk and Herr in Groningen. 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 $200. You can call me Merck for Merck. Contribution for the Hot Pockets 2009 Honeymoon Tour. Hot Pockets. Joseph Braniff in Revlock, Pennsylvania, $200. Wesley C. Young in Warren, Pennsylvania, $200. And he wants us to mention collect, collectiveintel.net. Hmm, check that out. Collective Intel. Check it out while we're doing this. And our friend Joan Autofray in Morgantown, West Virginia, came with $200. He's got a birthday thing going on. I'd like to congratulate Adam and Mickey. Uh, may you live a long and happy life. Next, I want to thank whoever it was who constructed the website, all shows at noagendashows.com, nashows.com. Oh, my God, I'm on show 18 and loving it. I started getting it right around the same time Adam started talking about his crackpot, not so much stuff. And I really appreciate the perspectives from way back then. The only things missing from the old show are the jingle, slide whistle, emails from the donors, etc. Uh, especially the drunk donations, he seems to like. I'm a no agenda addict, she says. Thanks to you both for all you do. There's a lot of us out here could not get by without the No Agenda show. I hear you say that most people listen during their commutes. Not me. I listen while dusting, vacuuming, and doing laundry. Mm, and she wants a, well, the birthday shout-out coming and a Hey Citizen Huntsman thingy. 
if it's not too much asked for, well, of course. Hey, citizen. Absolutely. And that concludes our, uh, our nice amount of, of course, this is for three shows, so it's a little, this is going to be longer, generally speaking. But these are our executive producers and associate executive producers that should be credited on show 427. And these are real credits you can use, as Adam will explain. Yeah, that's right. Unlike the douchebags in Hollywood who, uh, you know, you can never get them on the phone and be like, hey, man, I, I, I was executive producer on that program. Uh, we will actually vouch for you. Very happy to do that. Of course, if the cash is tight, you can always go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Sorry. Shut up, slave. Shut up. Stavito Stavito <laughs> and we want to remind people to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, dvorak.org slash NA, and channeldvorak.com slash NA if you can't get on the No Agenda main donation page, which is dvorak.org. slash NA. So I was blown away, John. I just yes. got to say. Three weeks ago... Remember I had like some Mossad operatives here at the house? Yeah. And uh, they start pr- propagating all this stuff. And uh, these, you know, actually uh, two months before They were before trying that, to give you the, they're cluing you in about something or they were trying to dissuade you from being clued in. We could, did we ever figure that out? No, I think, they, they, were, I think they were bullshitting you. Or was I, no. the, was well, it? it turns out that they were actually cluing me in and they give me all these little propaganda things. And then all of a sudden it explodes. Humagate, baby. Huma, yeah. uh, Huma Abedin, uh, a mole. She, she's a plant for the, uh, for the, uh, the Islamist, uh, Muslim Brotherhood. And, you know, so we had already identified this. And this is really interesting what, uh, what has happened because, of course, now the way this has been portrayed in the press, and I have, I do have a couple of clips, um, even just bringing this up makes me kooky. I'm oh, yeah, com- no, they've done a great <laughs> job of it. Essentially, I've got the article that ran on, yeah. on all things, page A25 of today's New York Times, yeah. way buried in the bag, over in the corner. But it goes on about, apparently, the uh, the one that got me was the shut up slave moment yeah. uh, comes from McCain. Well, yeah, so I actually, I have McCain's clip. Um, first, the, 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 so... He, well, why don't you give us the background? There might okay. be somebody listening that doesn't, right. doesn't know the story about Uma and uh, Anthony Weiner. Well, the background is a little more intricate, and this is what's not being discussed on uh, on all these reports where Michelle Bachman, who, by the way, has all these strikes against her, you know, the media, make it's real easy to make her sound kooky because, you know, she's kind of good looking and, you know, she says controversial stuff and then, you know, she's kooky. She's just kooky. So she sent a letter, and uh, not just her, by the way, uh, this is uh, a number of uh, of Republicans. Uh, in, what was it like uh, the guy from Texas? Uh, There's like a whole bunch of people, and you know they are from a subcommittee, from an actual uh, congressional subcommittee. So it's, you know you, you can poo poo it, but at the you know still there's you know there's this is an actual congressional subcommittee, um, and this all boils back to that Holy Land uh, Holy Land Foundation trial where a number of organizations were left unchallenged. And we went through this whole thing. I think I'll have to look at the episode number, but I think it was three, four weeks ago. So like six, seven shows ago, um, it's, uh, like care and, uh, ISNA. 
And these were the unnamed defendants in this Holy Land Foundation trial of which the documentation is being held by Holder and the Justice Department. He, he just like Fast and Furious, he refuses to hand over the documentation so we can find out, you know, what other groups were uh, involved in this that were uh, apparently not indicted. Now, what this is about is basically the same thing Geert Wilders has been saying in the Netherlands, the same thing that, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the crazy guy from Norway who uh, killed everybody? Yeah, that guy. Uh, Breivik. You know, is that uh, Islam, the radical Islamists in particular, they highlight the Muslim Brotherhood, are performing something called ikva. And ikva is the bloodless... Um, uh, coup that they are that the uh, apparently allegedly the Islamists are trying to uh, create here in the West, particularly in uh, Euro in Euroland, but also the United States, and they start by uh, banning free speech, and that uh, and that is actually happening where you can't say anything bad about any religion. So that's kind of how it starts. Like you, you know, it, it is now illegal in Europe according to their uh, uh, to the EU rules. You can't just say, well, it, Islam is messed up. You know, or these these guys are kooky. You know, so that, that's essentially freedom of speech is no longer exists in that regard, and this is also no longer allowed on the internet with the Internet Freedom Act from the United Nations, etc. <clears throat> so, instead of going into what is really interesting of the case, <clears throat> excuse me, which is this uh, Holy Land Foundation trial, where all these uh, organizations were indicted and convicted of being fronts for terrorists and funneling money from. Um, uh, uh, non-profit organizations back to Hamas and, and other terrorist organizations. Uh, that's not being discussed. Instead, and it, uh, thou doth protesteth too much, me thinketh. Uh, Chris Matthews, oops, hold on. My microphone just cut out. Chris Matthews, uh, he, he's your go-to guy if you want to make someone like Michelle Bachman sound crazy. Just, just listen to how he sets it all up. Right, Michelle Bachman, of course, is no stranger to conspiracy theories. So uh, immediately, it's a conspiracy theory, right? How is it a conspiracy? It, it's a conspiracy. Who's conspiring? Well, it has to be somebody conspiring if it's a conspiracy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Michelle Bachman and the No Agenda guys. Now she's drummed up a new one. She and She's drummed up a new one. It, ah, shit. Uh, everything's rusty here. Sorry. So, again, he has not read her 16-page letter, or at least he chooses not to discuss it. Four other right-wing members of Congress say the Muslim Brotherhood has infiltrated the American government. Bachman has personally attacked Hillary Clinton's deputy chief of staff, Huma Ahmedin, Ahmedine, rather, wife of the former New York congressman, or former New York congressman, still the wife of... So he's stuttering throughout this whole thing. And by the way, everyone who's on, you know, on the... Uh, the anti-Bachman page is all stuttering because I got a couple other clips. They all they, they can't really get the words out properly. Yeah, because they're lying. Yeah, they really are. Anthony Weiner. Uh, by the way, Huma Abedin. Did you say former? Did, what, what he was his, he said former husband. Former. Yeah. What, what he's, he for, what, he's botching it. What he forgets to mention is you know. The guy's a perv. <laughs> Deputy Chief of Staff, Huma Ahmedin, Ahmedine rather, wife of the former New York Congressman, or well, former New York Congressman, still the wife of Anthony Weiner. <laughs> so let's just say Huma Abedin uh, was an intern, was an intern for Hillary Clinton in 1996, 
And, of course, you know, the Clintons have always been very tight with the Saudis. Uh, we don't have proof necessarily, but we're pretty sure the Saudis paid for the whole Clinton library and uh, the Clinton Global Initiative. There's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. that Yeah, just somehow yeah, Bill Clinton's worth $300 million or right. some ridiculous amount of money out of the blue. And she is... And nobody wants to investigate the library funding. No. And Huma Abedin is um, um, the Secretary of State, Lucifer Hillary Clinton. She's Clintons. a bank man. She, she, well, I, th- I think she's something else, which we'll get to, but the, cons- the conspiracy theory that is being spun is that she's, you know, she's influencing Hillary Clinton. She's a mole inside the State Department. It says Abedin is tied to the radical Islamic organization through three family members. As for Bachman's source, one of the country's leading anti-Muslim conspiracy theorist, Frank Gaffney. Now, Frank Gaffney... Uh, and I, and I actually put a video, it's a two hour video in the show notes at 427.nashownotes.com. Well worth watching these two hours because he goes through, and Huma Abedin is just one of the, I think, 10 or 12 uh, High-level people within the Obama administration, within uh, State Department, within, uh, you know, who worked for Clapper, uh, who are all members of these organizations like CARE, whose job it is, is to help propagate the formula of Sharia law and um, the uh, the Muslim Brotherhood agenda. With me now are Brian Levin, director of the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism at California no. State. And, uh, and he, by the way, he's called the, the Center for the Study of Hate. Yeah, he's called he's called an expert. This gets really good. Listen to what the expert, how he refutes this, and why it's impossible. University and Ron Reagan, MSNBC, and Ron Reagan Jr. Okay, these are these are the people who are going to refute this. So they had to drum up somebody who wasn't on vacation. Political analyst and author of. My my father at 100. Brian, thank you for joining us. You're an expert. You're an expert at this. Uh, just to, You're an expert on hate. To get this straight, her entire basis for saying that Huma Ahmadine, who works very closely to Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State, is in the Muslim Brotherhood, is based upon something put out by Gaffney, Frank Gaffney, who also says that the logo used for the uh, for one of our government agencies actually is a Islamic symbol. And notice he doesn't mention the uh, the name of the agency. Uh, because it is quite interesting when you look at it. I mean, what do, what do we make of this kind of what is, non- What is it? Now, hold on, just l- listen. Nonsense. Okay. So he said, what do we make of this nonsense? Look, I could go on and talk about uh, individual facts, but let's look at the, the forest instead of the trees. But this I'm not mind- going to. Let's look at the forest instead of the trees. This is, a, this is really good. I like that. I'm going to do that. Because typically you say, look at the trees, because you, know, you can't see the trees through the forest. He's turning yeah, well, it he's around. He's got no facts. That's the problem. So yeah. you come up and you So, yeah, let's, let's look at the overall forest instead of facts. Reminds me very much of R.B. lawyer Joseph Welch, who in June 1948 said this to Senator Joseph McCarthy. So now he's... Now he's uh, it's like a tree to me, not the forest. He said, let us not assassinate this lad further. Senator, you've done enough. What? Have you no- yeah, he's quoting. <laughs> he's bringing in McCarthy? Yeah, it like, like, like this is a communist witch hunt. <laughs> Why don't you bring in something from the 1920s? How about having a quote from Stalin? I mean, come on. A sense of decency. And I think that is what we have here with Ms. Aberdeen. Uh, she has a stellar background. Listen, okay, stellar background. He Let- said stiller for some reason. Is he... Well, we going? well, let's listen to the stellar. Listen to her credits, okay? Write these down, John. She's married to a former New York congressman who is Jewish, uh, who uh, sent pictures of his penis to women. Okay, that would be uh, stellar background point number one. Um, she's been in Vogue. Oh, she's been in Vogue magazine. Well, come on, you can't be an operative then. I don't know many people who uh, have her record of achievement and her <laughs> her public. 
persona. What? Wait a minute. I don't know many people who have a record of achievement, which is marrying a Jewish guy who who texts, uh, who tweets pic, pictures of his penis, and been in Vogue magazine. Apparently, now you're okay. You're, you're vetted. You're good to go. Uh, who are wow. members of the Muslim Brotherhood? To be sure, there are uh, radicals in the United States. I, I've just uh, won an investigative journalism award for uh-huh. looking at them. But some of these folks that they are pointing to, such as uh, Huma Abedin or Rashad Hussein, are really being publicly assassinated. And I think any person with decency has to go on national television and say, enough is enough. Okay, so... so Shut he, up, slave, is yeah. what they... In fact, uh, yeah. Shut up, slave! So then we need to bring in Ron Reagan Jr., but more interesting, because he said he has nothing to say, the guys, and he needs his teeth fixed. Uh, more interesting is how Matthews again sets it up. This assumption here that anybody would buy this malarkey, that some malarkey, somehow Huma is able to manipulate somebody as sophisticated politically as Hillary Clinton, with all the commitments she's made to the state of Israel, obviously to her country, is somehow being tooled around by the wily nature of Huma Amadine, who's working as a lifetime mole, is crazy talk. <laughs> and this, by the way, is not. Wow. This is talk not about taking it to an extreme. But this is not what what the letter even says. You know, this is no. It's got nothing to do with nothing what you just at said. all. Nothing at all, isn't it? Uh, well, it, if crazy were people, Michelle Bachman would be China. The other guy goes on about character assassination, right? Yeah, and how bad it is, and oh, you've done enough. And so they go right after Michelle Bachman and character assassinate her. Yeah, she's if crazy were that's people. That's okay. That's okay to do that to her, but it's not okay if you do it to get. Oh, this, these people are beyond contempt. Chris, beneath, beneath. Uh, you know, when, when this topic first came up, I thought, why are we acting as a megaphone for this sort of lunacy? It's, it's clearly dog whistle politics in part. Who knows? If what, what is dog whistle politics? What does that mean? No, I'm, I'm writing it down, though. It sounds great. Because they win if but Obama loses. So immediately they're taking it straight to, not, not about the story anymore, but it's just about Republicans, Democrats, and that whole right-left paradigm. That's what you have to exactly. keep reminding and, people. The stakes and of a course, lot of and, other things in our politics, this loony right loony. wins if the center-left loses. Just re, We want to all and, remember and that's, that. And, and that's really the, the point I'm, I'm heading towards here. While I, at first I thought, why are we offering a megaphone? I actually think we're doing the Lord's work in a way, if, if you will, by, <laughs> by bringing <laughs> attention to, to be able to like Michelle Bachman because she is an integral part of the Republican brand. And while Mitt Romney, let's say, may not believe that there's a Muslim Brotherhood conspiracy in the State Department or the U.S. government. You know, some people do. And if you vote for Mitt Romney, that comes with him. So, so, so this is really fascinating to me because you know, it, if you read this letter, there's some actually interesting stuff in there about the Holy Land Foundation trial, which has really been covered up by the mainstream media. You don't hear anyone talking about it. They don't talk about it on this show. No, but now. The guy who they called in, who really, I mean, he took it to such an extreme. And by the way, everyone forgets that Anthony Weiner is a disgraced former U.S. congressman who sexually, he's, he's a sex, uh, what do you call it? You have to register, a sex offender. He's a sex offender. He's a sex offender. He, he say that. Say, say it properly. So Anderson Cooper, of course, can't. Just listen to what he says. I couldn't believe he took it to this new depth. Representative Michelle Bachman and four other Congress members that they say is a long overdue investigation of Muslim extremist infiltration of the U.S. government. Critics say it's nothing more than a politically motivated Muslim witch hunt with shades of McCarthyism. 
Boxy, same script. Ooh, the sh- same, same script. script. Shades of McCarthyism. And four of her Republican colleagues are demanding an investigation into potential infiltration by Muslim Brotherhood operatives intent on destroying Western civilization into the highest levels of the United States government. Now, Bachman, along with representatives Trent Franks, Louis Gohmert, Thomas Rooney, and Lynn Westmoreland, have sent letters to the inspectors general of the State Department, Justice Department, Defense Department, Homeland Security Department, and the Office of Director of National Intelligence. They also made those letters very public. Now, we're going to get to some of the, the big claims in those letters in just a moment. But first, listen to what Bachman said in a radio interview with the American Family Association, Sandy Rios. Now, get ready for it, and what, just, just guess which bit he's going to pull from this radio interview. And by the way, Bachman does herself a disservice because she does, she just, she should shut up. I mean, she needs someone else to be the spokeshole for this, but okay. It appears that there has been deep penetration in the halls of our United States government by the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood has been found to be an unindicted co-conspirator on terrorism cases. So she's, she's said now she's actually giving the facts, the unindicted co-conspirator in the Holy Land Foundation trial. And yet, it appears that there are individuals who are associated with the Muslim Brotherhood who have positions and very sensitive positions in our Department of Justice, our Department of Homeland Security, potentially even in the National Intelligence Agency. And I am calling upon the Justice Department and these various departments to investigate through the inspector general to see who these people are and what access they have to our information. So from this uh, this little snippet, what do you think Anderson Cooper is going to highlight? Uh, probably the, uh, the, the, the the stuff that reflects on the McCarthy era, which is the you know no, the, the, no, the sheet, the white no, sheet of paper with all no, the names, no. is going to be something to do with that. No, no, no. Deep uh, penetration. You just talked over it. Hold on. Ah, oh, you talked over it, man. Through the Inspector what? General. Yeah, you talked over it. Hold on. To see who these people are and what access they have to our information. Deep penetration. Those were her words. Now, yeah, don't you love yeah, it, Anderson? No, that's what I said. That's exactly what I predicted. Deep penetration is exactly what McCarthy was. The penetration of the, into the U.S. government of communists. Oh, because when I when I see him saying that, all I can think is about is deep well, penetration. Yeah, yeah, that's you got a dirty mind. Deep, well, he's, he, you have to see his face. He's like deep penetration. Yeah, well, he's he thinks I'm he's funny. Anderson Cooper, deep penetration. He does that humor section on his show yeah. that is just like yeah. so unfunny. Yeah. He so actually left- thinks he's a comedian. Deep penetration. Letters themselves, they are chock full of claims, one being that in reaching out to the American Muslim community, the Justice Department has been meeting with groups that could be, could be fronts for the Muslim Brotherhood. In another letters, uh, Bachman and company accused three Homeland Security Department advisors of having, quote, extensive ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, so this goes on for a little while. I'm not going to play it all. But one of the um, one of the operatives that is brought up is um, uh, the guy who was droned, the uh, Anwar al-Awlaki. And Anwar al-Awlaki was indeed, after 9-11, he was at the Pentagon, and what was he preaching? He was saying, you cannot put the words Islam and terrorist together in the same sentence, which has now become standard practice amongst yeah, our... especially in Washington. Yeah, you, so, so you know, if, if, the, if such a thing as an ikwan does exist, then it is having some effect. And then, of course, the minute you know the pitch man for 
the military industrial complex, the guy who wants to just kill everybody in Libya. Uh, you know, we need Egypt. We need Syria. When the douchebag McCain comes out, now, you know, phone calls were made and this thing was set up. And it turns out he's bestest buddies with Huma Abedin. How painful and injurious it is when a person. This is the floor of the Senate, by the way. His character, reputation and patriotism are attacked without concern for fact or fairness. It's for that reason... It's not fair. ...that I come wait, wait, to... Wait, wait, it's okay for him to, like... It's it, Everybody's fine... Except if you're... Uh, Michelle Bachman, a member of Congress. Yes. But, but this assistant, yeah. anybody says anything about her because of her sketchy background, and everyone comes to the rescue, why isn't he, why isn't he saying something to defend a, a member of... a fellow member of Congress? Congress. Because what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, well, this is the whole. Thank you for asking the right question. That is actually the definition of a great question for today to speak no, it's regarding not. the attacks <laughs> okay. recently on a fine and decent American. Fine and decent American. Abedin. Like, like she's Abraham Lincoln all of a sudden. She's cute. She's been in vogue, and her husband sends pictures of his penis to other women. Yeah, because he's not getting anything from her. Because, well, you know, yeah, we, have, we have our thoughts. That she's the lover of yeah. Hillary. Yeah. Over the past decade, I've had the pleasure of knowing her. Uh huh. During her long and dedicated <laughs> service to Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yeah, as an intern. Both in the United States Senate and now in the Department of State. He forgets the intern part. <laughs> I know Huma to be an intelligent, upstanding, hardworking, hot babe, and loyal servant of our country and our government. And of Clippity Club. Who has devoted countless days of her life to advancing the ideals of the nation she loves. Yeah, Islam. <laughs> and looking after its most <laughs> precious interests. That she has done so while maintaining her characteristic decency, warmth, and good humor is a testament to her ability to bear even the most arduous duties with poise and confidence. These attacks have no logic, no basis, and no merit. Wow. Plenty of logic. Plenty of basis, plenty of merit. Just read the document. It's, you know, the, and, and there's references in this document to ABC News, uh, to Fox News, to CBS, to Politico, to uh, quotes directly from Clapper. Yeah, from Holder. There's a, there is a lot of stuff to look at, you know, but they're just discrediting all of this, and the mainstream media is all over it. Lapping it up. I have to say, I don't believe she's like some kind of mole. This is what they're turning into. I agree for. with that. I think that you, that's one way you, you counter these things. You yeah. take and you push it, you push, push the it, logic push it, to some extreme it. that's ludicrous. Yeah. And then people say, well, that can't even, that doesn't make any sense that she'd be that way. And so, the, but, but no one has ever has accused her of this. Well, luckily, this is, you know, this whole thing is a scam. Well, luckily, the listeners of the No Agenda program, uh, who are, who are up to speed and have listened to at least the last uh, seven or eight episodes know that this is all about the Saudis. And the Muslim Brotherhood is completely in bed with Saudi Arabia. In fact, our brand new boy over there in Egypt, uh, the first state visit he made was to Saudi Arabia, who uh, promptly deposited $1 billion in the, uh, in the coffers there. 
Because the Saudis want to have all the oil coming from them. It's all got to be arranged. The Clintons have been in bed with the Saudis forever. George W. Bush got all of this started. He's the one that covered up the, the Holy Land Foundation trial because he got all of the, uh, the, the Muslims to vote for him. In fact, he claims that he won Florida because of the Muslim vote, which is kind of ludicrous, but that was those were his exact words. So this is all about the Saudi money, and these people are just so greedy, they don't even see what could possibly be happening. I don't want to say that this is, you know, it's hard to believe, and if you watch that two-hour video from Frank Gaffney, uh, it's, it's definitely like, wow, you know, could this really be happening? Um, but you know, this is the same thing that I do see happening in the Netherlands. I see this in Amsterdam. Geert Wilders went to trial for saying Islam is effed up. Uh, um, this, uh, what's her name? Um, hold on a second. Uh, here it is. Um, uh, the internet is Sab- uh, Austrian. Her name is Elizabeth Sabadish Wolf, who was convicted in Europe, um, of uh, saying bad things about Islam, and that is now against European law. And she, you know, she's now setting up this whole thing. You know, she says, you know, the Civil Liberties Alliance, uh, that uh, the death throes of free speech in Europe. I mean, it's just a fact. On the internet, according to the Internet Freedom Act that was signed, that we agreed to as as member state, you cannot disparage a religion. Which is crazy. That goes against first, first free speech. And you, well, you're, if you're going to take it to that extreme, it's funny how easy. They, not to defend the Scientologists or the Mormons, even nobody has any problem disparaging them. No, 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 because that's Romney. And they need to stop. Stop. They need to stop now. Shut up, slave. Ultimately, Shut up, slave. what is at stake in this matter is larger even than the reputation of one person. This is about who we are as a nation and who we aspire to be. What makes America exceptional among the countries of the world is Is that we got guns and anyone who's trying to mess with us, we blow their, we put a cap in their ass. We are bound together as citizens, not by blood or class, not by sect or or ethnicity, but by a set of enduring universal and equal rights that are the foundations of our country. <laughs> Except if your name is Michelle Bachman or anyone else doesn't agree with you. Constitution, our laws, our citizenry, and our identity. When anyone, not least a member of Congress, launches specious and degrading attacks against Oof. fellow Americans... Unless it's against, you know... Michelle Bachman. Yeah, Michelle Bachman. You can, you can send an attack dog against her. And he's a Republican, and she is too. This guy is, this guy is, the, is the worst person ever. I mean, I am I'm still shaking my head over the fact that they nominated him and he was running for president and could have won. So putting this all into context, uh, first let's just uh, say. Shut up, slave. Yeah, just make sure you get it all in every Stanzito, language. Shut up. So that's what McCain tells you. Shut up. Here's a report on uh, Lucifer, Hillary, Clippity-Clop, uh, Clinton's uh, very first visit. She's the first high-ranking state uh, official, I guess, to go visit with uh, uh, with uh, the new Presidente. Oh, yeah, in, Mufti. In, in, By the way, I want to mention something. It's interesting that Huma is rhymes with Uma. And Uma is the uh, is the is the Muslim uh, single state. Yeah, well. it's, the Uma is that all Muslims belong to an Uma, which is yes. the, it's a universal. It's a, like a universal mind. It's a universal collective. Uh, 
collectivist Coincidence? thing that doesn't really I exist, but that one's in the Ummah. So if you attack one Muslim, you're attacking all Muslims, kind of. It's, well, yes. Even though the Muslims do that all the time. Jerusalem. Said, Sasha? Well, Kim, Egypt presents a real challenge for the United States right now. Washington has been pushing for democracy, but the results of that process presented American diplomacy with a real problem. Hillary Clinton arrived today to meet the man that Egyptians have elected as their president in the first free elections in a very long time. Now, he comes from the Muslim Brotherhood, an Islamist movement that the United States once vowed it would never even talk to. Uh, wow, really? How come we, ne- we forget that so easily? We once vowed we would never even talk to them. Why is that, John? Because they killed people? To kill tourists are really a bad group. Yeah. Now it has to. If it wants now it has to. And the funny thing is the thing that's being overlooked in all these stories is that the the Egyptian on the street, the average Muslim, it's coming up. None of it was no part of any of this. It's coming up. Again, their voice is never being heard, and of course the right will say, Well, they never speak up. They speak up all the time and nobody listens. I'm so glad you bring that up because in this clip there is a woman because they bring they show they show all the video because uh, of course there's 80 million people in uh, in Egypt and you see 8,000 on Tahrir Square who are all the rich kids wearing uh, Ralph Lauren polo shirts who you got nothing better to do and hey let's go hold it. yeah give me that sign I'll hold that one up uh, they are very angry about this this report is very accurate but wait until you hear the woman yelling at Hillary Clinton maintain good relations with the largest country in the Middle East. After her meeting with Morsi, Clinton said that Egypt needs to finish the transition toward democracy. Democracy is hard. We have been at this for more than 236 years. I always like how she's laughing. <laughs> 236. It's hard. No, it isn't. We have a constitution. You read it? You, yes, no. It's pretty clear. And it requires dialogue and compromise. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic. And real politics. But even on the streets, the United States has big problems here. Among most Egyptians, it's not very popular, especially among those who came out to protest Clinton's visit today. All this despite the fact that the U.S. contributes more than $1.5 billion in aid to Egypt every year, mostly to the military. Go out of Egypt! Out of Egypt! Yes, Hillary Clinton was welcomed by the crowds. <laughs> Go out of Egypt! Go out! The lady is mad. She looks like my former. She looks like my my ex mother in law. By the way, it's kind of freaky. Go out of Egypt! Now they hate her. They hate her. They Why ha- would they, they not? They hate the whole thing. She's be behind the whole. The whole thing was a giant scam from the beginning. And I still remember when it first began. They said, "Oh, you know," people said, "Well, you know, isn't this the kind of thing that'd be co-opted by the Muslim Brotherhood, which is the large political, you know, pressure group in Egypt?" And everybody in the State Department, the U.S. and all the talk shows, and Chris Matthews and the rest of them, oh, there's no chance of that. So I get this report here. Um. Senator Jim Webb is killing off legislation which is supposed to protect Christians in the Middle East, uh, which is another ploy into the hands of the Muslim Brotherhood, I guess, Um, saying, oh, here's the State Department said, uh, the protection envoy role is unnecessary, duplicative, and likely counterproductive. So, 
again, the only way I can see this is the Saudis are controlling the Muslim Brotherhood. They are the front, the front men for them. Uh, they're giving them money, billion dollars, just right now, just off the top, right there that we know of, uh, to Egypt for our, for the new president there, the Muslim Brotherhood guy, and uh, and and they're in charge of what they, you know. They're running the Syrian show as well with their proxies, and their proxies are going to be Turkey. And it's all about the oil. And Hillary Clinton, top of the bunch. The Clintons have always been all about the Saudis. George Bush, how many pictures have we seen of them kissing the rings of all the Saudis? And it's all about the oil and the money and the power. And they don't give a crap. They don't give a crap about anything else. And and they are actually, I think that they are uh, participating in high crimes and treason by allow, allowing all of these douchebags to be advisors and letting them get away with literally murder. In fact, I got like a, here's a one minute clip of one of the Frank Gaffney two hour video that I posted. Just, just have a listen so you can kind of get a feel as for what the whole thing is about. President Obama's misbegotten strategy and implementation plan are made all the more ominous by his administration's establishing formal diplomatic relations with and otherwise embracing the Muslim Brotherhood. On June 4th, 2009, President Obama affronted then Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak by insisting that Muslim brothers be in the audience at Al-Azhar University for- Remember that? Remember that speech he- uh, Oh yeah. He did, so apparently he insisted Muslim Brotherhood be in the audience. For his first Muslim outreach address. This had the effect of emboldening the Ikhwan as well. Remember, the Ikhwan is uh, this, this, the uh, pe- pe- deep penetration into the, uh, into the political system. ...as undermining his host. On June 30th, 2011, President Obama had his Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, announce that the United States would open relations with the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. On that occasion, she said, quote, We believe, given the changing political landscape in Egypt, that it is in the interests of the United States to engage with all parties that are peaceful, and committed to nonviolence that intend to compete for the parliament and the presidency. So there you go. According to this, 2011, they set it all up. They set it up for the Muslim Brotherhood to walk it right in. It's unbelievable. And then and all yeah, it's a slam dunk. Yeah. And all your media does is brings you the crazy Bachman story. And again, she 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 is not doing well in this. She doesn't she has got strikes against her. Just her looks is just unfortunately it's a strike against her. And um, and read the document. It's in the show notes. I have the PDF of the document. It's very interesting. And then Google around and look at some of the stuff. Links in the show notes. Um, and uh, watch the Gaffney stuff. You know, you can make up your own mind. Uh, I find it uh, with some merit. Jim Webb has been and uh, uh, essentially a supporter of Saudi Arabia since the get-go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And wasn't he a Clinton operative as well? Well, he's a Bush guy for a while. No, he actually came out of the Reagan administration. Uh, but he was he would he worked with the Clintons too, didn't he? Sure, I'm, sure have, I'm not finding that. Mm, maybe I'm wrong. He hated George Bush and didn't want to have his picture taken with him. Mm. And uh, for whatever reason, he didn't want any more bases in Saudi Arabia specifically. He's uh, this guy's uh, some. He's a Marine, which is. Unfortunate for the Marines. Uh, he's a Democrat, mm-hmm. so he must have been in the uh, something to do with Clinton. I don't see anything. No. He's just his first Secretary of Defense for Reserve Affairs for Reagan, and uh, I don't know what he did. Um, here he is. Well, he was, uh, hmm. and he looks like a creep. 
<laughs> That's enough for us. It's <laughs> enough for us. You look like a creep. You're no good. <laughs> hey, you know, it's like a lot of, uh, you know, famous people have said, you know, you can kind of tell what people are like by looking at him. He does look like a creep, doesn't he? He totally looks oh, like a creep. Goodness. And he's a ginger to boot. Well, he's kind of. I'm so not he's, sure. So he's got no soul. He's not, the pictures, I don't see any redhead pictures in Look here. Look at the one on the Wikipedia on the right top, uh, on the right-hand side, and his little bio there. Not bio. Maybe it. it's just his tie reflecting. So we're going to lose our redheaded listeners if you keep this up. Anyway, uh, yeah, which in, in, involves Baroness Maggie Vincent, so we've got to be careful. Uh, but, uh, but at any rate, uh, it is at, at the very least disingenuous to say that Huma Abedin has credibility because she was <laughs> she's in, been Vogue in Vogue magazine and, uh, and she was an intern and she's married to a Jewish former congressman without mentioning he's a sex offender without mentioning he's he's a creep. I've met the guy. He's a total douchebag. Uh, anyway, so I think the, the brotherhood is something to look out for. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And you read into this uh, Iqwa, Iqwan stuff. And then you look at what what's happening in Europe. And I mean, in Amsterdam, they literally have an organization now, Sharia for Holland, and they have it for Germany and for other countries, and they want to bring in Sharia law. And, uh, and the first part of that is, you know, you may not disparage Islam. That, and that is now law under the European Union, which, of course, you know, there's supposed to be some some local level stuff where you can say we don't adhere to that EU law, but all that's going away. Um, and you know, Pete, you know, you, you know, you just, one day you'll wake up and then you can't say stuff. You certainly can't officially say it on the internet anymore. You can get it. You, we, right now we're in violation of the United Nations. You and I, well, we haven't said anything disparaging. Yeah. We, what do you mean? We have, we said that, you know, there's a, uh, the, we said there's to, some douchebags in the operation. <laughs> well, is that, is that not disparaging right there? Yeah, yeah, but it's not disparaging the religion. It's disparaging the douchebags. Okay. The Islamist terrorists. Yeah, woo! It seems to be something you can't put ooh, together, but we ooh, can do that on ooh, the No Agenda said, show up here. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I and by the way, that. don't you think it was funny during the Syria week? Syria, all of a Syria sudden, week? we had. Or it wasn't. It was, I don't know if it was in Syria or something. There's been a couple of these, but there was one in Syria where the opposition walked a suicide bomber in and killed a bunch of uh, high level officials. Now, wait a minute. What since when are freedom fighters? Demo, you know, the, those demanding democracy. Since when have they become suicide bombers? Yeah, this is not a normal uh, progress. No, uh, they're really ratcheting this up because... And, of course, now, again, because of that and some other things, I suppose, the Russians and the Chinese have backed off on their, you know, there was all this great agreement, this big meeting they had, and said, this bull crap, we are now vetoing anything in the Security Council that has anything to do with Syria. We're not putting up with this. And it's as though the only two honest people or honest countries in the whole thing are these two countries, which are just a couple of... It's astonishing that we have to live in this situation. I mean, we're no, that we have to sit by and watch the, the lies. That's what's astonishing to me. It's a, here, so now we have this defector who was ambassador to Iraq. You know, like uh, you know, ambassadors. You know, all respect, but you know, this is not like a top operative. You know, he was an ambassador to Iraq, and he defected. He sits down with the BBC, and of course, he plays the following card. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. This must be some unconfirmed reporting I'm hearing. The fighting in the Damascus suburbs appears to be the heaviest yet. Appears. 
appears. It's unverified footage. Unverified footage. Unverified <laughs> footage. <laughs> While international diplomacy struggles to find a way out. <laughs> these pictures, activists say residents are trying desperately to flee heavy shelling in a district again appear of Damascus at the weekend. There were barricades today on the main motorway linking Damascus with Jordan, according to this unverified footage. <laughs> Again, unverified footage. It's just like... I, I mean, it's unbelievable. They're showing a traffic jam. Oh, this is a barricade. Unverified footage. Today in the Gulf, I asked Syria's top defector so far the meaning of the fighting reaching Damascus. A top defector ambassador to Iraq. Of course, this has very big significance. The regime tried with all its powers to keep the capital out of this conflict and out of the reaches of the revolution. However, the expansion of the revolution and its power and its control in Syria is increasing day by day. Is President Bashar's government going to use chemical weapons on his own people? I love this. Oh, yeah, this is the meme that, while well, you were yeah. overseas, that when this meme cropped up, no, I said, of course. oh, why? Well, yeah, I guess there's a, another box on the checklist that we forgot about. So the guy, you know, it's not like this guy says, hey, by the way, you know, he's like using chemical weapons. No, the interviewer cuts in with a question. And of course, we don't, we can't understand the translation, all the subtleties. But the question is, is he going to use his stockpiled chemical weapons? There is some information, unconfirmed information, of course, <laughs> that chemical weapons have been used partially in Homs. There's some information, unconfirmed, of course, that some chemical weapons have already been used. BBC, be ashamed of yourself. Well, you know, I have a clip. You Noticeably... PBS, especially NewsHour, which a lot of people still believe, even though it's slanted, is the least of all the news systems that are slanted. They are get, they are getting upset. They, I think, are concerned about this to the point that they actually have a, had a segment on it, and you can. And there was a go back and forth with a with a guy studying this problem that we're discussing, which is the unconfirmed news and how YouTube has somehow become a news source. And this is a very interesting little piece. Uh, I don't know which clip to play, John. Media coming to grips with fake news reports. Go to YouTube and distribute their material there, rather than expecting people to come to them for it. We have to go to the consumers. Tom, I mean, one of the other interesting aspects of this, and you raise in your study, is the, the problems associated with it. You don't always know where that, where that video came from. And there's a line that says, it creates the potential for news to be manufactured or even falsified. Right. YouTube has guidelines that say that uh, you need to attribute who produced the video, who shot it. But there's no way to enforce that those guidelines are followed, as they say. And, uh, uh, you know, these are just guidelines. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> while YouTube is new as a news source, if someone wants to uh, stage an event, uh, uh, some, some of, about 5% of the most po watched videos on YouTube last year, we could not identify where they came from. What percent? Mm. Did, you, uh, did you see the, the, the news that came out yesterday about YouTube? That now um, the, uh, what's her name? The uh, Amanda Conway, a YouTube policy associate, wrote in a statement they have a new tool uh, for human rights footage so you upload your video and it blurs out faces so that you know uh, dissidents can be protected are, are you kidding me 
I mean, it's like, so here's how, here's how the meeting went. Man, we need something, you know, can we get like a banner or something that says like, you know, footage from Syria? Nah, no, we don't want to think about that. I'll tell you what, why don't we give you like a way to automatically blur his faces? Because that feels like really real. Yeah, good one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone loves it. Witness.org. And they have the new Human Rights Channel now on YouTube, John. The Human Rights Channel. This is like, this is, this is, Goebbels is like, <laughs> Gott in Himmel, warum hast du kein YouTube gehabt in den zweiten, zweiten Weltorloch? Das Krieg, das war scheiße, Mann. Wir hatten keine YouTube. He's jealous. And yeah, they get a lot of fun back in the day. Oh, 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 oh. Lainey Reisenfeld. Remember, wasn't she the documentarian? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. If Adolf and I had the YouTube blurring, it would have been so much easier. Well, Bernays, in fact. <laughs> Did you know that when Goebbels was, when they found his dead body, he had Bernays' second book in his pocket? There's no R in Goebbels. It's Goebbels. I know, I know, but when I was a kid, we always pronounced it Goebbels. Oh, but that's no good. Like gerbils. That's like gerbils, yeah. Yeah, it's... Anyway, so uh, it's just it's just unconscionable how, how you know, this is, I can tell you and I are both really animated and excited. We haven't really spoken with each other for over a week. Hey, by the way, thanks for the congratulatory text message. I sent you a congratulatory text? No, that's my point. Mickey, oh, Mickey's well, like, I, there's a reason I didn't send you a congratulatory text, which we won't bring up on the show. Mickey's like, how come I didn't hear anything from John? It's like, because <laughs> he's a douche. <laughs> what? No, that's not the reason. Okay, well, is the, what's the reason then? We can't bring I'm it up on the show? I'm not going to tell you right now because you don't really want it to be known publicly. Oh, 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 oh. film at 11 then. So much for transparency on the No Agenda program. I, you want me to tell? You no, want me to say it? No, no, I take your word for it. <laughs> Meanwhile, here's another one to cross off of the Red Book, John. Uh, I have been proven right once again, although my timing was off as usual. My wife will concur with that. Oh, hey, by the way, yeah, I can, if you saw the email that came out, I not only congratulated you, but I encouraged people, by the way, to add Mickey and your name on their Twitter accounts to add some listeners and to send for them to send you congratulations on Twitter. It's so not I don't the think same. there's really much to complain about. It's not the same. It's just it's like one text message like. Hey, congrats, lovebirds! Well, I, well, I, 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 you make me. You're gonna make me bring up the reason. There no, is a reason, no, and then you'll no, know about it no. Later. I don't. I don't want to hear it on the show. Anyway, like back to my setup. So I was right. And by the way, I think I did send something. <laughs> I don't think so. Huh. <laughs> I was right. Uh, not on the timing, because I I, I remember specifying how long it would take, and of course, I was way off on that. Um, the overusage of the word vagina in oh, yeah. yeah you were you really yeah 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 I, yeah. I messed up on now the time. Now it's a scandal. <laughs> so here is the most recent advert ad advertisement from Carefree, which by the way is a fine douche product. How well do you know your body? I mean, it's amazing. It cools us down when we're too hot. It heats us up when we're too cold. You know, even that bit of discharge in between our period is our body working to keep the vagina healthy. 
And that damp, less-than-fresh feeling is why Carefree has designed these ActiFresh liners with an absorbent core to lock away wetness and odour, helping you feel clean, dry and fresh every day. But don't just take my word for it. Get your free sample today. Know yourself. Know Carefree. How well do you know your vagina? There you go. So now, now the word vagina is being used in advertisements. It's a huge market because... 50% of the population has one. The other 50% are interested. So I think they should use pecker. <laughs> pecker. Pecker. I think pecker should be in the uh, conversation. It should be in, uh, no. in advertising. Pecker. 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 Yeah. This is, this is a, a horrible word. Pecker. This is no good. Is that what you brought your kids up? Hey, Buzzkill Jr. That, we call that thing your Pecker. Really? Is that what homeschooling does? Like yeah, pecker? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why it's highly recommended. And what is the girl's pecker called in your book? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Except for a mom to tell her. Yeah, exactly. Well, ask Mimi what she called. If, if you guys didn't just call it by the biological names, I'd be severely disappointed. Mm. Uh, anyway, so... So I'm watching the CBS News. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's yes. a report coming in from uh, um, somewhere. Now, be, now, just listen to this. This woman supposedly is uh, supposedly she's in Syria and she's talking to the, the, the substitute host, I guess, uh, in New York or wherever. And just listen to this weird CBS clip that I have here. And I want you to. Uh, no, well, there's, there's two. There's the one that says rigged. Yeah, got it. The correspondent Margaret Brennan is traveling with Secretary Clinton in Egypt. Margaret, a former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice once said the U.S. should never deal with the Muslim Brotherhood. So how did this meeting go today? Well, it required some diplomacy. Secretary Clinton <laughs> was in an uncomfortable position. Remember, the U.S. government financially and militarily supported the Mubarak regime, which jailed members of the Muslim Brotherhood, including Mohammed Morsi himself. So today, this face-to-face -face exchange, I'm told, was constructive. One State Department official told me it lasted around an hour. The president shook the secretary's hand and told her the expectations of the Egyptian people are high. There is no going back. I'm told in particular they had a good exchange on the economy. They need U.S. aid right now and trade. There was positive feedback on a proposal to send U.S. business executives here as part of job creation. Oh. This country is double-digit unemployment. Margaret, the U.S. government has given Egypt's military $1.3 billion this year alone, but I know U.S. officials aren't happy with some of the things that the generals have done there. So what is Secretary Clinton's message to them? She is going to tell Field Marshal Tantawi tomorrow that the military... Okay, you can stop. Now, a couple of things. One, there is zero lag oh, between yeah. oh, yes. person A yes. and person B, which yeah. is bullcrap. Yeah, Even I, PBS or yeah. BBC cannot pull this off without post-production, yeah. and I totally and agree. this is not posted. I agree. Not posted. This yeah. is, And I honestly believe, because I was at the very end, somebody bumped something, and the whole background moved around <laughs> it peculiarly. Was green screen, really? <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a green screen screw up. This was a, this, she was in the same room. That's why you had that funny echo. The echo, yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. Good, good catch. But the the thing that really got me was the lack of lag. So, Bill, what do you think? I think this. Well, really, in the U.S., it was just right on. It was like they were in the same room together. You know, you got to at least have that kind of nodding for a split second. Yeah, you know, yeah, while yeah, they wait yeah, for the yeah, hear the yeah. question. This was bull crap. And by the way, it's job creation. 
This is the other thing. Job <laughs> creation. Are you kidding me? We need jobs in this country, and we're sending American businessmen over to Egypt so they can do job creation over there? What about job creation here? Who are we kidding? This is – I don't know what the deal is, but CBS is, turns out to be one of the worst of these offenders, yeah. offensive mainstream media opera outlets. And it's funny you say that. Viacom. First of all – Shut up, slave. It's funny you say that because I saw a CBS report – and uh, this was CBS Texas, or at least it was about Texas. And by the way, you notice that the CBS people aren't doing any stories about douchebag Viacom taking John Stewart's show off the Internet. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, well, a lot of people wonder about the whole yeah. thing. Here's uh, CBS. Uh, we love John Stewart. Yeah, Go on. Yeah, promoting the NOAA. The National Oceanographic, uh, what is it? Yeah, administration. Yeah. Uh, and remember what the... Compu- and atmospheric administration, yes. I think. So Ocean, this, yeah, something like yeah. that. So this, of course, uh, this is about the computer. Because <laughs> they got a computer. And uh, just so you know, Ooh. weather, John, guess what weather is? It's climate, apparently. Correct, yes. Last year's record drought in Texas was made roughly 20 times more likely because of man-made climate change. Specifically meaning warming that comes from greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide. (laughs) This This report is great. study requested by NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, looked at 50 years of weather data in Texas and concluded that man-made warming had to be a factor in the drought. This blows me away that now they're saying 50, so it used to be climate data and it's not weather and now it's literally they're saying we look at 50 years of weather and now the climate is changing because of man-made global warming. The head of NOAA's climate office is Tom Carl. What we're seeing not only in Texas but in other phenomena in other parts of the world where we can't explain these events by So let's just make something up. By natural variability alone. They're just too rare, too uncommon. Aside from the Texas drought, NOAA called the entire year of 2011 the year of extreme weather events. It's a tornado on the ground. Starting in Joplin, Missouri. All told, there were seven tornado outbreaks in America last year. So now tornadoes are uh, caused by global warming. That caused a billion dollars or more in damages. There were increased hurricanes in the North Atlantic unprecedented flooding in Australia and widespread drought in East Africa. And all of that was caused by La Nina. Typically, La Nina is marked by a sharp cooling in the Pacific, but last year's La Nina was the warmest ever. And again, the government concluded that global climate change played a role. What's happening is these normal fluctuations between El Nino and La Nina events that lead to some of the extreme conditions become more extreme, more intense than they might otherwise have been because we've got increased greenhouse gases in the atmosphere leading to a warmer planet. Now, wh- now, now listen to this. Listen to the explanation as to why, we, why, why they are so sure. It's almost like Huma Abedin being in vogue. Noah made a point of saying today that the climate change they've identified is man-made. Why did they say that? Scott, you know, going back to... 50- what? Because they were told to? <laughs> yeah, well, the answer is even better. Aid. Why did they say that? 
Scott, you know, going back 50 years, they know what temperature and dryness conditions are associated with Texas droughts. And when they put that in the computer, nothing explained the intensity and duration of what we saw last year in Texas until they factored in the added heat coming from climate change. So they put it into the computer, John. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> 50 crummy years of data? Yeah. This doesn't even go back to the, the, to the massive... Uh, situation that took place in the 30s, another 40-year cycle, by the way. The 30s when we had the Dust Bowl. So they don't even count that because that's before 50 years ago. So they just took 50 years worth of recent data, and then they come to this half-baked conclusion based on 50 crummy years of half-baked data. But they put it in the computer, John. Oh, I guess that made the difference. They put it in the computer. And you know what we call this? What? You're going to see a lot of scientists criticizing this as a guess, but Noah, for the first time, is arguing, Scott, that this is science. Science! science. The science is in! Science! 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 So I have a similar... My clip is not as spectacular as yours, but I have... It says brought, but it should say drought in America. And this is the way they handle this sort of story on de- on democracy now. We're approaching 1988 standards for a drought. Uh, this is a, a, the main area of the United States where all the crops are grown. Uh, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Nebraska. Uh, you know, we grow most of the corn and soybeans in the United States, and this is right where the drought is, is centered this time. Uh, we're, we're all, in, in Missouri at least, we're all D3, D2 to D3, and we're approaching D3 in the D2 areas. So it's, uh, it's very serious. For our coverage of extreme <laughs> weather's links to global warming, you can go to our website at democracynow.org. They, just, they don't even mess around. <laughs> they just come out and say it, don't they? They just come out and say it. <laughs> wow. Wow. We I, we got to do it. Will somebody please do a compilation of all the clips we had last winter where all of the same scientists were saying, no, 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 no. No. Extreme weather is not climate. <laughs> we, right. need, we need a comp. Uh, arsonomics. It was snowing. Yeah, I know it's been cold, but it's not. It's got nothing to do with it. You don't understand the difference between climate and weather. Yeah, it's, it's hugely different. There's no comparison. No. Weather is weather. Climate is climate. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. It's just whatever the data is, you just fit it to. This is like this is like uh, Monday morning uh, uh, armchair quarterbacking, or you know, or the people in the stock market. The stock market goes up. They come with a bogus reason. The stock market goes down. They come with the same reason, only they kind of <laughs> twist it so it means just the opposite. It's this is bull crap. So um, I have no clip for this story, but I found it fascinating that uh, all of a sudden the uh, United States Senate, the Senate, gets all angry at HSBC, accusing it of massive money laundering, drug laundering, drug money, terrorist financing. Yeah, yeah I noticed this too. And, and I, I thought there's something ah, fishy going on. I think I found it. I think I found ah, it. Yeah. So first of all. In 2008, the United Nations uh, came out with their very, I think in 2005, they may have had a report as well. We have the um, UNODC, which is uh, the United Nations Department of is it Criminology, I think. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, Office on Drugs and Crime. And their report in 2009 
was that a majority, and this, we talked about this on the show, and it, was, it got no, no legs at all in the, in the, in the press. Um, in their report, they say $352 billion of drug profits was laundered through the uh, banking system. And you know, we were all actually kind of quite happy because without that liquidity, uh, which is a fancy word for cash, which came primarily from Mexico into HSBC, the banks would have really had a huge financing problem. And so in 2011, the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime came out with another report, and I have <clears throat> both reports in the show notes, uh, 427.nashownotes.com, marked up for your convenience. <clears throat> a report estimating illicit financial flows resulting from drug trafficking and other transnational organized crimes. But here's where I think there's a connection. I just haven't had the time to uh, to follow all the way through, but I'm on to it. Um, here's the here's the line that caught my eye. Interbank loans were funded by money that originated from the drugs trade and other illegal activities. What is related to interbank loans today? LIBOR. Because that is what interbank loans are. The London oh, Interbank Offered Rate. So I believe that they, you know, I think what's happened here is the drug cartels, you know, the Clintons, the Bushes, they were laundering money through the banks. And the banks were like, well, listen, bitches, if you're going to make all this money, we're going to get our piece, too. And we're going to manipulate the rate on this interbank loan stuff because we know it's all dirty anyway. Everyone got to shut up. Does that sound like a plausible scenario to you? I think you? there's something going on in that direction. I got I to gotta look into it, but I think that this well, is directly related. Well, I think here's, what the, here's the interesting counter to this, mm-hmm. the, um, which would push the thinking in, into your court. The stories over the last few days where all of a sudden we're thinking, well, you know, these drugs coming in from Mexico aren't that important uh, because now the real drug problem in the United States is OxyContin and the stuff we're making, you know, locally. And so they're, they're so in, so I think they're threatening to pull the plug yeah. on all the on drug on the legal or in other words, pull the plug on the criminalization of drugs and make it decriminalize the whole system, which would destroy the market, destroy the entire world economy. Yeah. And so it's like so this is a little there's some interesting politics going on because this story ah. about OxyContin, which is floating around, is just like, why? Well, not, I was looking <clears throat> at this thing. This is like a bogus story. Not just that, but also um they keep coming back to the the cannibal guy who uh, didn't have bath salts, but you know, oh, some crazy pot, you know. And this is all this all relates back to uh, synthesized marijuana made by the drug companies. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's very possible that we've got um, uh, politicians playing out the camps. You know, it's like, well, you know, these pharma guys who, by the way, are pretty rich. You know, we could we could kind of go over there and let them do all yeah, the drugs. We put- ball for them. I mean, of course, they most of the pharma guys, I think, uh, as we know, we've talked about before, uh, the uh, uh, Obama's camp has gotten the most money from big pharma. And yes. he's, he's yes. just a lackey for them. Yes. <laughs> you think? No. It's, yeah, this is known yeah. fact. It's obvious. Yeah. I mean, the whole uh, Obamacare is about the drug companies. So it's uh, fascinating, and I'm going to dig into this, but I'm, but that just, you know, it's like those, this is, this is the only thing I'm really good at, is I'll read, I'll reread this report, and I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. Interbank loans. So if all the interbank loans, there were signs that some banks were rescued 
by the interbank loans being uh, funneled, the drug money being funneled uh, into the system. He said the money is now part of the official system, has effectively been laundered. So, yeah, it's something about the interbank loans. And by the way, John, interbank loans, guess who's not getting a piece of that? Who? Yeah, us, of course. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Hopefully people will uh, bear with us as we uh, thank people for the last three shows for donating uh, between then and now, uh, beginning with Mike Strait in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, $154.69. Green from the Rust Belt. I meant to get this uh, donation in earlier so Adam can get a lap dance before his wedding. But he can hit the day shift as a married man just as easy. The day shift girls need to make money, too. Sorry, John, I can't afford West Coast stripper prices. I would like to uh, request a douchebag call out to the land-owning aristocratic class in Ohio whose land prices are too high for a lowly slave to start an orchard. Douchebag! He thanks us for a great show. Daniel Signs in Spring, Texas, $150. Please accept my donation for my appreciation of your excellent work. I'm a cellist. By Trey, we may, you can send us a few cello things that mm. might be good to use. Nice. And I listen to your podcast by commutes to various teaching and playing jobs in the Houston area. You guys kept me awake on the road and have enlightened me about a worldwide events, your business models, inspiration. Thank you. I'd like to request a Leviathan dedouching and a karma. And if John pronounces my name correctly, which as far as I know is signs on the first try, which I did. Uh, he donates another 50 bucks for the next show. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. There we go. It's $50 more. <laughs> Nicholas Stowe in Austin, Texas, right down the street. $139.38 special wedding donation for Mickey and Adam. Karma for long, happy lives together here from Mr. Nick in Austin. Thank Anonymous you. in Ninjmijin. Nijmegen. Oh, I thought it was in Vietnam. <laughs> Nijmegen. Nijmegen. Here's $137 to celebrate 13-7, the date of your bachelor party. And because I intend to do more in the future, please send some financial karma, which is karma with an extra penny dropped in. Money is energy, and karma knows how to distribute it to those who deserve it. Mm-hmm. You've got karma. Uh, that's what that was. Uh, I was wondering what he meant by that. Uh, Sir Victor Gregg in Decatur, Georgia. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, contribution from Knight Victor Gregg in honor of the recent marriage and less recent marriage of John and Mimi. At least. <laughs> Thank Mimi for sending me my night ring. Yay. I see him in the morning. Sir Sander Hawksbergen. Yeah. Sander Very good. Very good. One, two, three, four, five. A donation with love karma from Madam and Mickey, Sir Sander. Aww, thank you. Uh, Chris Potter in Almira, Ontario. One, two, three, four, five. Holy mackerel. In the morning from uh, this moment, I shall be forward. I'll be known as Sir Christopher Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Take some wenches and beer. Size nine. Please let me know if you require accounting and where I should send it. Okay, you're good we to go. You did the accounting and you're in. Yeah. You don't have to send it. Uh, we do We have a database of numbers and generally speaking, uh, we get most of them. Alex in Miami, Florida, 11111. And a second donation request to see more sports coverage, especially soccer. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and congrats to you two. Sports coverage. Is that what we're calling it these days? Coverage? It, yeah, <laughs> uh, scam coverage. Patrick Makeham in Mount Vernon, New York, 11111. Patrick Oberim in Brisbane, 
on Queensland 111, addicted to the show, addicted. Very little income for three weeks now, but can't bear to not to contribute. Best wishes, Adam and Mickey. Thank you for your smart, enlightening analysis. Thank you, Patrick. 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 Says Noosa here. Okay. Oscar Nadal. Sir Oscar Nadal to you is Takati, <coughs> California, 10101. Uh, this is Adam put a sympathy fuck donation for the wedding episodes. Thanks what? for the, I don't know, I don't get it. And thanks for the enlightenment, Sir Oscar. In Tijuana, the romantic Hispanic. Says Takati, California. Oh, I think it's something we said on one of those shows. I, I remember saying something about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Hilarious. Sure. Gene or Dean, I'm sorry, Dean Chartier in Calgary. Uh, wanted to keep Adam and Mickey out of hooker motels. He was concerned about where you're staying. <laughs> Sending his donation to $100 to challenge Adam to bring his honeymoon tour to Calgary, which is a great place. If he's willing to bring his new bride to Calgary, I'd be willing to provide additional support to keep him out of what we probably call the Hobo Hilton. In that, I would be willing to help put them up in a decent hotel that would provide a meet-up place for fans of the show. If not this time, sometime soon. Yes, it will be next yeah, next summer we're going to do, uh, we're going to hit that. And he also donated, he actually donated $200. Oh, wow. See, we should probably put him on the associate executive producer. Yes, we will. Yeah, okay. we'll put him on. Make a note. Sir James Pearson, Copperas Cove, Texas, home of the Copperas Cove Barbecue. $100. Here's a small contribution toward the tour and show. Thanks Thank for you. all you do. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, Daniel Livingston in Juneau, Alaska. You know, you can't get there by road. Nope. You know that? Yeah, you can get there by uh, plane. You only get there by plane. Yep. $100. Uh, would like to wish you all the best, you and Mickey, and hope your future together is long and happy. There's a few bucks for your Hot Pockets honeymoon tour. I know it's out of your way, but you really should travel the Alaska Marine Highway sometime. The Inside Passage is one of the most beautiful boat rides on the planet. By the way, it was so nice people saying, uh, hey, where are, you, where are you going on your honeymoon? Well, we're going to drive the pickup truck with a, with a, a trailer someone's going to lend us. <laughs> we're going to drive around for three weeks. And they go like, ah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Anonymous in Marysville, Kansas, $100. You guys are fun. I've been listening to the show 425. It's terrific to get some background since I've been a listener for less than a year. Thanks for addressing the off-topic homeschool question. Mostly wanted to give you the chance to plug it. We were home educated for quite a while, and he goes on about that. I'm encouraged to listen to the show so she stays balanced. His uh, girl. Of course, congratulations to Admin Mickey. My option is that you still should both be very entertaining without the hookers and blowing MILF stuff. In other words, he's a Christian homeschooler. We are telling some friends about your show, but they have a young daughter, six. Even though I think they'd love the content, we told them about the other stuff, they were turned off. Mm. Why can't we do another donation war? Kinder the slide whistle. The crud could easily be left out without a less entertaining show. It's a turnoff for many of us. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a I've thought. been thinking really hard whether that would be stifle Adam too much. Uh, you know, Adam has um, Tourette's. Uh, Tourette's. Tourette's. And, and he, he, he can't actually do what you described. And, uh, and, and, and the chat room came up with a word for the female pecker. It's kid in the kayak. Sir Astrum in Vendelin. <laughs> Versterboten. Something. Versterboten. Vindeln. 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 Versterboten. $100 special wedding car Thank Mr. Mrs. Curry. Thank you. Sir Keith Brown, Spring, Texas, $100. Congratulations, Adam and Mickey with no E. You guys deserve each other. I'm not sure that's complimentary to Mickey, but you know what I mean. I can get, uh, can I get some getting laid karma that JCD glossed over during my drunk knighthood Ooh, donation? He, please, I'm desperate, he says. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Bend You've over. You've got karma. Here it comes. Here it comes. 
I guess we can't do that either. <sighs> Thomas Imbrecht. Namur. I have no idea. $99. Ugochi Madubata in Lakewood, Ohio, $80. Uh, now you guys are just making it up. Uh, anonymous, Encinitas, California, 7777. Long-time burner, burner, first-time donor. <laughs> Long-time boner, first-time donor, burner. John. I could really use some good job karma as I have an interview this week. If I get the job, donate another 7777 and hope be on my way to knighthood. Keep up the good work. I try to recruit new listeners all the time, but admin makes it hard with some of his crackpot stuff. His AIDS conspiracy rant, for example. Keep breaking bad. It will only get better. I first heard the show from John Twitt over a year ago. I wanted to say that when Twitt dropped John for a bit last year, the show sucked. Good thing they have him back. I just want to say I do have a, another AIDS thing to talk about uh, in the second half of the show, but I don't think it's a UFO material. And regarding Breaking Bad, although I highly appreciate everyone sending me episode five on Torrance and putting it on Dropbox, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to pay for it because I want I, I want the producers to make more good shows. I know the season ends, but the, they need to make money. I'm not going to go stealing it from them. Sorry, you should really consider what you're doing. I know you meant it well, but it's not right. Dame not Tanyan, right. Dame, Dame Tanyan, New York, New York, comes in with sixty nine, sixty nine. Remember, she offered us a room. A lifetime and more of happiness together. Mm-hmm. Navid, New Jersey, in New Jersey, comes in with sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, uh, congratulations on the wedding. I wish you a lifetime of happiness. I'm originally oh. from Pakistan. I'll be. Hey. Visiting the country soon, I'll bring back on-the-ground report after I yes. come back from my trip regarding John's comments on DH Unplugged. Most of the business schools offer a course or two on ethics. In fact, I had a mandatory course at NYU. I'm not sure how much it helps. I actually wore the slave T-shirt on the last day of that class. The <laughs> professor commented three or four times about how much she loved the shirt. Later, I sent a link to the store and the show and the whole class link. Uh, take care, oh, Navid. Good. Yes, we need some reports from Pakistan. Yeah. Give us some. Yeah, take some photos. Yeah. of cool stuff. Peter Maris in Elmhurst, New York, sixty nine, sixty nine. As it continues, uh, keep the streak going. Asking for job search karma. Plug for my website where the resume. Is, so maybe where's my resume? Where my resume is. So maybe a fellow producer can help me out. At Pete Maris, P E T E M A R U S. dot com. He needs a karma. karma yeah, of course. You've got karma. You're doing well, John. Keep going. Onward with 6969 and Eon Larson from Auckland. Ian. Yeah, I know I always say Eon, don't I? Yes, always. I know, that's funny. That's quite amusing. No. Especially when I can pronounce signs correctly. Yeah. Wishing JCD all the very best. Adam and Mickey a great uh, future. Um, Going, it goes on, I get... He says, the way things go, I will only get the bad karma. So he doesn't want karma because of his ill deeds. Thanks for reading my last donation note out. It was glad that you stuck to the formula and didn't fold to producer's input and you just dismissed my comments (laughs) entirely. Well done, team. It proves that you have the integrity you speak of. As a side note, I do not listen to the show on my commute on a motorbike. It is dangerous at the best of time, but some of the humor and in-depth analysis can be distracting. <laughs> yeah. At least when I roll under the wheels of a semi, I will be happy and distracted slave. So all is right with the world. Okay. Sir Michael Miller from Tiburon, California, 6969. One more to keep John's meme going. It's not mine. It's Carrie Schoen from Deutschland. Uh, welcome back, gentlemen. Congratulations to Adam and Mickey. Uh, Damien Tame and Sir Damien to you in Perth. Our favorite town, 6969. 
Joseph Amory in Piscataway, New Jersey, 69-69. Keeping the streak alive. Congratulations, kids. Michael Randall in Halifax, Nova Scotia, 69-69. So I told you. Uh, in the morning, I'm donating drunk. Oh, brother, you want me to do this? Yeah, I think you should. I'm going to get everyone to do to the pipeline episode. Let's wake up, slaves. <laughs> and I get getting late karma on the birthday list. Birthday 17. Message to John and Adam. Thank you so much for doing the show. I'm a massive supporter. I'm also trying to propagate the formula I have in the morning in a travel mug at work. I took political science in university with my advanced courses in terrorism, political violence, and empirical democratic theory. My professor in all these classes really got my attention. He was clearly at least partially awoken. I started listening to the podcast after 381, and the pipeline theory got me completely hooked. I mean, it's starting going back and listening to Noah Jenner from the beginning, currently on episode 66. And it's fascinating to see how this ongoing conversation began. I can truly not think of two other people I would rather eavesdrop on <laughs> in an ongoing conversation of. Adam, you live the job I dream I could have. Oh, right. <laughs> You're hammered. Anyway, that's uh, our friend in uh, Nova Scotia. That's nice. Michael Miller in Tiburon, California, 6969. Joseph Cotran in Monroeville, New Jersey, 6969. Congratulations to the newlyweds. Mm. Steve Bottoms in Reno, Nevada, 6969. Just finished the 712 show. Loved it. Wish I could have heard 2000.5, but this one is awesome. Keep up the streak. And wishing uh, Adam and Mickey no E a great wedding day. <laughs> uh, it is Achille in Hafarheim. Where's Hafarheim? I have no idea. Huh. 69.69, it's Grebulon again. The Swald Nuf donation is from my new human resource, Lynn. Wishing her excellent life and fun. As a Israeli, yeah. she's worth more than $9 million, But it Ooh. doesn't matter to me, just as long as she grows up quick and starts washing the dishes and cleaning the house. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little Sharia law there in uh, that's going in, in, in Oliver in Wright in South San Francisco, 69-69. And that's, our, that's a streak of 69ers. Wow. Howard Abraham in Rochester, Minnesota, 66-66. His birthday coming up. Likes to buy himself a podcast license, a mothership boarding pass. Like to send some karma to the Clintons. What? That's what he said. All right. I guess it's not the, not the good kind. You've got karma. Anonymous and Voldling in Gabi. <laughs> uh, changes. I don't know what he wants. Playing karma. Just wants to playing karma. Fifty-five, fifty-five. Rapping. We're rapping. Yeah, you're, you're rapping. Karma. Stephen Nelson, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Fifty double nickels on the dime. Steve, Sir Ray Jacobson in Ashland, Virginia. Double nickels on the dime. Congratulations to the newlyweds. Let's toast with some karma for the happy couple. Gives John some too. Okay. Well, I'll do it then. Thank you. You got. Karma. Really, it's so kind. It really is. Aaron Schnee in Lincoln, Nebraska, fifty-five ten. Double nickels on the dime. Mark Pipkin, double nickels on the dime. He's over here in Benicia. Uh, Mickey Keck in Wyoming, Ohio, double nickels on the dime. Thought it'd be a good idea to offer my congratulations to Adam and Mickey. Not me, Adam's Mickey. His <laughs> name's Mickey too, or her. Oh, with, 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 no, with no with no e, e by the way with no e. Must be, 
Must be a, 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 a female. Mm-hmm. Deer in the neighborhood were out, but their robot masters were nowhere to be found. I think they were doing recon missions at the normal time of year when they attack and cut power in an attempt to drive out the weakened droneless. Anyway, I want to throw in some money to support the Hot Pockets tour. Right on, defenders of the truth. Woo-hoo. I could use some slide whistle karma. Mm. Uh, for my son Jason, who had his birthday on the 13th, he has limited re- defenses from deer and robots. So I think he could use the aura to drive him away. <laughs> wow, we were on key. Anthony Ashley. How can you be off key over the slide whistle? Anthony Ashley, Monticello, Minnesota. Double nickels on a dime. Congratulations to the newlyweds. Longtime listener decided to come in with a donation to help out on the tour. I started listening to the show on Stream Furious a few years ago and now listen on your show religiously while at work. How about an official de-douching and shot of get laid karma? Yeah, you got it. You've been de-douched. You've also got thanks. karma. He also thanks us for the best podcast in the universe. San- Sanford Stab in Koshika. Kushkia. Kushkia, Idaho. Double nickels on the diamond. I am Sir Stanford. I gave you the gold coin. I think 426 was a great show. Threads over time connecting dots and verifying your accuracy really sell your show well. Please do more of these. They are excellent for teaching my friends how to think. Love you guys. <laughs> Come to my too. place in Idaho. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Idaho's on the tour, man. On the 2009 <laughs> tour. You betcha. I don't know where uh, Kuskia is, but no, we're coming. We're coming to Idaho. Adrian Turner and Hove East Sussex double nickels on the dime. Th- thanks for the outstanding job you two do. A truly amazing dedication you both have to the audience, even during times when most normal people forget their work and enjoy a honeymoon or time off. Mm. That's not going to end with him. No. You, it's called a work, a work vacation. A, work, a working vacation, yes. A working vacation. Because, you know, I, I, otherwise you have to play a bunch of these extra, extra things cause to keep him up with what's <laughs> going on. With, what's happening with, in the world. With Tom and Katie. Andre Mickelson you mean in Tom, Virginia. It's Tomcat is the official uh, Tomcat. Tom and Katie, Tomcat. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Okay. I was ignoring it. <laughs> Andre Mickelson in Virginia Beach, Virginia. <laughs> Double niggles on the dime. Long time donor, hard throbbing boner. Okay. I'd be honest. I, you know, you, I'd be honest. I haven't kept up on your shows. Eh, I feel like a complete douche knuckle. That's not why I'm <laughs> donating. I'd like to tell you that I'm going to all the good festivals this year, and I got my ticket. Oh, the all good festival. One, the down, on the downside, uh, this ticket is a wristband. And this wristband is an RFID chip, which I'm sure is trackable with all, your, with all your data on. I remember Adam talking about concert wristbands that light up and sync with the music. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does. I took a picture of the packet comes in and it was sent it to Adam's email. And my email will be at the bottom and the message that you will not give out to the human slaves listening. And Adam, Syria's not looking like such a good idea for you. I'm sure that dude can fly over here. Thanks for the show, guys. You are cl- clearly the best podcast in the universe. Can I get a Hey Citizen Karma and Planes Good, Trains Bad? Huh? Thanks yeah. again. Yeah. Hey Citizen Karma, Trains Good, Planes Bad. Hey Citizen. You've got karma. All aboard, Trains Good, Planes Bad. Woohoo! Uh, Clay. Bacevice. I don't know. Bas Vice. Bas Vice. I don't know. I like Bacevici. I like Bacevici. 
Lynnhurst, Ohio, 5510. I'm a new listener. really like the show. I'm a poor student. Couldn't donate much, but he donated 5510 for you people out there. I really need some karma to pay for my foreign language, GEC. I think it's bullcrap that I need a foreign language as I'm getting a degree in economics. I have a lot of anxiety that I won't pass German 103 and 104. For me, these classes are very tough, and any tips would be appreciated. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, first of all... Uh, y- Give him his karma first. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's a tip. You've got karma. Just write down the following... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> An explosive slide whistle. <laughs> Just write down... Write this down on your test. What does that mean? Yeah. Fuck the German chancellor? <laughs> Something like that. Jeez, it's terrible. And that's the only F-bomb I dropped, I want to mention to our uh, homeschooling buddy. Well, Tourette's is uh, contagious. Tom Bushy in St. Paul, Minnesota. Double nickels on the dime. Trains good, planes bad. You got karma for my double nickels on the dime donation. Still the best no agenda wow. donation amount. Oh, interesting. All aboard. Trains good, planes bad. Woo-hoo. You've got karma. Sir Lauren and Stam somewhere or other. 5424. Podcast for peace in Alamo, California. Double nickels are 5150. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Uh, comes from the podcast. Uh, anonymous in Fairbanks, Alaska. 5150. Don't mention my name. I won't. Three seconds after I sent clip to you, I got an email from JCD. Coincidence? I think not. So I had to donate. Thank you for the show. In the morning, John and Adam, can I get a getting laid on vacation karma? Three weeks in a small, old, haunted, yes, haunted farm, farmhouse in the high coast with three small children. The odds do not look good for me and my MILF. Need all the help I can get. <laughs> so karma. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. You've got karma. It's in a haunted house in Alaska. Yeah. Uh, c- cone bongers. No. Coon bonkers. Coon bonkers. 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 In Boningen. In Boningen. <laughs> it's especially funny because I was just there and I had to speak the crazy language. Boningen. Uh, great show. Listening from show one, mostly a boner, sometimes a donor. Adam, congrats on the marriage. Please give my wife who's looking for a job for two years now a job sh- karma shout out. She was a job interview today, so let's see if she get the karma request works preemptively at ITM. And hope to be able to donate more, and you must uh, be able to keep doing your show for my sanity and for those many uh, others. Kun. Tip. Some more European-oriented subjects would make it even more interesting for me. Well, really? You don't have enough? I got You've some. you got karma. We've got some Euroland stuff before the show is over. Michael Sagenthaler in Thomasville, Georgia, home of the Thomasville couch. $50. Just another 50 <laughs> Thanks for all you do. Give yourselves a karma shot on me. Uh, thank you so much. You've got karma. Adam Willis in Arlington, Virginia. A lot of Virginians. 50 bucks. Congrats on the weddings. My box of dry. I'll be turning 25. We've got John on the list. I'll be waiting. I hopefully have a box of driving experience. I'll be waiting on my doorstep so I can pay a cheaper car insurance, which will enable me to donate more. I've been a boner for about a year, but I started the value for value donation last month. It's not a lot, but I hope mine plus everyone else is making a difference. Can I get a de-douching oh. shot at karma? Yeah, you betcha. You've been de-douched. You've got 
Harma. Thank you. Appreciate it. We have some no messages, but $50 for each from Christopher Ricketson in Parts Unknown, Kevin Mile, Meal or Mealy, M-E-Y-L-E in Kalamazoo, uh, Alexander Sukovi in Moscow. Hey. Nice. It's our one Russian listener, KGB. <laughs> Catherine Lee, uh, Shah Alam, $50. Long-time listener since 2009. Shah Alam. Where's Shah Alam? I don't know. Uh, NA helped me through a surgery in six-day hospital stay. I baffled my nurses and roommates by having my TV switched off the whole time, yet chortling away while listening to No Agenda on my MP3 player. Oh, Needless cool. to say, I mended much faster than the others was my condition, with my condition in the hospital. Congrats to Adams and Mickey, and may No Agenda continue to have many more episodes in the future. Shalom Jason, is Malaysia. Oh, cool. Jason Burke, this is a party. That's a party country. Jason Burke in uh, Sir Jason Burke in Richmond, Texas, fifty. Chris, Sir Chris Lewinsky in Sherwood Park, Alberta. You have to visit him when you go up there. Fifty. Yep. Uh, Christopher Ricketson, uh, Oakview, California, fifty, and he says uh, needs to leave a message. I donated a second time so I can call out my best friend John Dennison as a douchebag. Oh, okay. Douchebag. Him and I are moving to Temple, Texas, and. One month for a two-year power plant job. I would like to ask for karma for John Dennison. <laughs> and I, on the new job, I'm an RV and trailer mechanic. Hey. and need the job cash to start my own business. Adam, if you need any RV advice or help before or when I'm in Texas, let me know. Oh, well, yeah. What I need is, uh, here's what I need. I need a trailer. Do uh-huh. you have any advice on how to get one? <laughs> You've got karma. Here's your buddy Groupie, or one of them, uh, in Amsterdam, yeah, no, $50. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, no, oh, this is, uh, yeah, no agenda Groupie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, drunk donation. After Adams and Mickey's party first. Thank you, Mickey, for having us. No agenda nuts at your party. It was awesome. Second or no second, got nothing. I love the party. You wish you guys uh, lots of mazel tovs, you crazy kids. Hope to see you again soon. Maybe the end of September. Love, 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 peace and love, love. No, always propagating the formula. That wasn't my best drunk. <laughs> Sir Mike West, I don't think she was drunk. She wasn't Sir Mike Westerfield, drunk. 50 bucks. She was the, Black, she was, hmm. What? No, no, Black, go ahead. Black Knight George Vanderhorst. Yeah, and he was there. Cats Hovel. Hovel. Yeah, it's Hovel. Extra Adam and Mickey Carmen now, and now in Dutch. Go John Leaf, Koppelman, Minge, Besta, Netherlands, Wens, Ik, Julie, Alle, Liedvig, Geluk, und Gesundheit, Touk, Namens George und Audrey, with Zian, Julie Morgan. Very good, John. Perfect, actually. Big hugs and George and Audrey from Bouncing Hill, Cats, Hoovel. <laughs> Kelby Koenig in Grover, Colorado, 50 bucks. Hello, and in the morning, first off, I'd like to congratulate the newlyweds. Wish them some karma. I'd like to say your opt-out karma worked. I opted out and got through with little resistance. Unfortunately, my smoking hot girlfriend, Kaylee, did not have such luck. Well, flying out of Florida a few weeks back, she also asked to opt out. The TSA agent quickly got her up in her face and told her she wasn't allowed. Really? She wasn't allowed to opt out. <laughs> Whoa. Afraid of not wanting to cause a scene, she went through the body scanner. Oh, no. <laughs> he wants the, D- the TSA agent to get a douchebag call out. And by the way, you do have the right to opt out. You should stand your ground. You should. Just say, I want to see a supervisor. Yeah. 
And finally, $50 each from William Young in Lebanon, Tennessee, Berg Chabot in Shreveport, Louisiana, Tristan Wilson Kerrigan in Padbury, Western Australia, uh, Gary Armstrong in Edgewater, New Jersey, Kurt von Treep from Geert Holland von Treip. in Holland, Kyle Bauer in Worcester, Ohio, and finally, Jason Fortune in Geneva, Illinois. And excuse us for having this extremely long uh, thank you thing, but it was for three shows, and it's expected. I like to have this for each show because it's, it's entertaining in itself. Yeah, and if you want a, a real easy executive or associate executive producership, you know Sunday's your day, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. Well, thank you all so very, very much. The, uh, the wedding well wishes and karma is, of course... Uh, heartwarming thank you on behalf of myself my partner and most importantly my bride org slash no a not not wife i said my bride she's my the bride the wife the wife the wife First of all, we want to say happy birthday to Jay Dvorak. It was her birthday on the 11th. That would be JCD's daughter. Adam Willis congratulates himself. Turned 25 on the 21st. Mickey Keck congratulates his son Jason. Uh, he celebrated on the 13th. Howard Abrams says happy birthday to himself. Celebrating today, Sir Steve Taft says happy birthday to himself, as does Michael Randall. Celebrated on the 17th. Joan... Uh... Uh... Daughter Frey, there we go. Uh, she will be uh, celebrating tomorrow. Congratulations, Gil or Jill Gil Freund, uh, celebrated on the twelfth, and his son Yuri uh, turned fourteen on the eleventh. Richard Bangs says happy birthday to his wife Jillian Bastow on the twenty seventh, a little ahead of the game though, as well as himself one day earlier on the twenty sixth. And Thomas Weiler turned thirty two on June thirtieth, and finally Adam Willis, who we already had. <laughs> 21st uh, is 25. Somehow he got on the list twice. Anyway, a long list, but all of you, congratulations. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And we have three nights to take care of today. So, um, yeah, we want to. Of course, this is uh, this is what happens. I tried to explain this to many people in uh, Gitmo Lowland. So what do you do, man? What do you do? Oh, I do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. What, what's it about? How do you make money? You know, advertisers, how do you make money? Well, people donate. Really? Yeah, we give them like a knighthood. What? Is this like your, is this your, your classic Dutch guy asking you questions? Exactly. Rhino the Bearded. Ryan Breedlove. Sir Matthew Carey. Your son Josh may step forward. And Chris Potter, all of you, please kneel. Because of your donations and the amount of $1,000 or more, I can hereby proudly pronounce to you all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. So here it is, Sir Rhino the Bearded. Hello, where is he? Sir Matthew Carey. Uh, sorry, that would be uh, Sir Josh and Chris Potter. Here we go. I, hold on a second. Josh, there you go. I, I got to hit Josh one more time because he's... Josh... There you go. And one more for Rhino. Ah, all right. So that's uh, Hookers and Blow, but we'll keep them in escrow. Hookers and Blow in escrow for Josh. Uh, but, of course, uh, Rhino and uh, Sir Chris and Sir Rhino can uh, get there. Well, maybe they want uh, Rent Boys and Chardonnay or Wenches and Beer, I think, is what Chris Potter wanted. Thank you all so much for supporting the No Agenda program. If you like what you're hearing, our value-for-value uh, value model is explained at... Dvorak.org slash N-A. Now... 
request for some European stuff. I can now confirm that the president of the United States of Europe has officially gone insane. <laughs> Haiku Herman. We haven't heard a haiku from him I mean, in a while, gone. by the way. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, he is now officially insane. So I, I, I'm just going to play you the audio just so you can't really hear it, and it's in Dutch anyway. But uh, it's unbelievable. This guy is such an idiot. So he's, uh, and this is all over the, the Dutch press, but I, I needed to share it with you. So he was doing a, uh, a joint press conference in Brussels uh, two days ago. And uh, he was going to announce the Balkan uh, politician. And uh, he's up there with the president of Kosovo, uh, Atifata Jajaga. And he bends over to, I'm going to play the audio, then I'm going to tell you what he said, okay? Here's the audio. So they're together on the stage, the press conference about to start, he bends over to her, whispers in her ear. Unfortunately, the microphones were off. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome... The microphones were uh, hot, and uh, people were able to hear him say, Who hate you, schat? Which translates to, What's your name again, babe? Does it translate to, What's your name again, or What's your name again, babe? What's your name again, babe? Literally. Really? Yes. As, as it's something you'd say to some hottie. Yeah. He says, What's your name again, babe? He says, what's your name again, babe? Yes, yes. <laughs> schat. Who hate you, schat? It's, it's very, very denigrating to say that to a woman. Particularly uh, the, the, the president of Kosovo. Hey, baby, what's your name again? What's your name again, baby? Hey, babe, what, 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 what's your name and again? She goes, and she goes, Jajaga, Jajaga. Because he, he didn't even know. He was like, whatever, Jajaga, whatever. Jag Jagger. Now, if that weren't enough, listen to this one-minute speech and tell me if the guy is not, A, on drugs, B, totally retarded, or C, he's lost the plot and is a complete idiotos. We are living, ladies and gentlemen, in challenging times, at least under three aspects. He's drunk. Never in human history. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. There is a fourth option. I think you're right. Listen, this is a drunk speech. You're right. You're right. I'm hearing it for the first time because he talks about trees. All right. Listen to drunk Haiku Herman. It, it, it's, this is a drunk donation. We are living, ladies and gentlemen, in challenging <laughs> times, at least <laughs> under three aspects. Uh, yeah. Never in human history so many people became old. And aging goes in some European countries hand in hand with decreasing population. So we need family and social cohesion to tackle this challenge. We can not afford socially, economically, and in the first instance humanely, a lost young generation in Europe. As neither we can afford to have older people sidelined for lesser productivity. All this implies political choices and is in the heart of policy making today. Churches, synagogues, mosques, temples and their NGOs, schools and associations 
are bringing at local level persons together, togetherness. <laughs> they can also, therefore, play an important role in improving understanding and mutual learning between generations. In some ways, it is against the trend, against the zeitgeist, but it is future-oriented. What did he just say? I have no idea. <laughs> Me neither. Something about more people need to work and we need to have more kids. And zeitgeist. And zeitgeist. <laughs> He's drunk. I think you're He's, right. He's drunk. He's totally drunk. He's totally flipping drunk. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, hey, you know, it's not that, you know, you go and you're, you got, not, you, what else is there to do in Brussels? Yeah, drink. So, um, Spain unveiled a $79 billion, that's so like 56 billion euro austerity plan, uh, which includes raising VAT, val- value added tax, this is, this is, this is great, from 18% to 21%. Which some people say, well, that's only a 3%. No, 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 that's a 20% increase. 20% increase in taxes. Also, oh, wow, they're going to privatize the airport, the railroads, and the ports. Here we go, here we go, it's just like Greece. And of course, what did the slaves do? Anger over Spain sweeping new austerity measures has spilled out onto the streets of Madrid. Scuffles broke out as crowds demonstrated against wage cuts and tax increases. It's claimed that one protester was beaten up by police. Now listen closely to the idiot who's going to talk in a minute, the politician. The person who was arrested got a horrifying beating from one of the riot police officers, this man says. He gave him a terrible beating, basically punching him in the face. Shut up, slave! Spain's under pressure to get its public finances in order amid market concerns over the state of the country's banks and wider economy. The Conservative government has come under mounting criticism. By the way, do you think this guy talks like this at home? Honey, would you please get the dinner ready? And then I'm going to tap that ass. The austerity measures are hitting the middle and working classes the hardest. The aim of the fresh package of cuts is to chop 65 billion euros off the budget deficit, the country's biggest reduction plan in recent history. The government approved the savings drive on Friday as Spain struggled. It's a savings drive, by the way. It's a savings drive. It's like a like a blood drive, like a pledge, savings drive. ...under a recession now, this, and an unemployment guy. rate of almost 25%. If Spain's finances are seen as unsustainable, the recession will be a lot worse than we have at the moment. So this is the uh, the Spanish young case, the Yager. His name is Luis de Guindos. Luis de Guindos. Would you like to know just a brief, brief little biography of the windows? You know, a little biography, from Microsoft. A little biography about Louise. <laughs> yeah. It, okay. Yeah, so, the, so this is the finance minister for Spain. What are his credentials? No, he was not in Vogue magazine, but in 2006 he was appointed advisor for Lehman Brothers in Europe, 
and director of its subsidiary bank in Spain and Portugal, where he remained until the collapse and, and declaration of the bankruptcy of the latter in 2008. Subsequently, the, Guin, the Guidos became responsible for the finance division of PricewaterhouseCoopers. <laughs> Another fine institution. Uh, total douchebag banker. Raping the slaves. Raping them. twenty Almost a 20% increase in, in, in value-added tax. That's everything. You poop, 20% extra. She's nuts. Uh, we got to get a report from Garcia. We sure do. Oh, the German, uh, there's a German economist who was chosen to head the, what they call the permanent bailout fund, known as the European Stability Mechanism, uh, discussed ad nauseum on the best podcast in the universe. Uh, so, uh, of course, if you're going to um, force the slaves to pay their tax money directly to the banks, you might as well get someone who's in the business, and it might as well be a German. German economist Klaus Regling, which, by the way, Regling uh, means the arranger, so he's an arranger. He takes care of business. He's a guy that makes things happen. Uh, has never been made a big deal out of his position in the past, and it's not likely to change now. The 61-year-old from Lübeck is not known for pithy comments. Rather, he's a sober, pragmatic worker known for his structured thinking. His motto? There's no magic cure. He brings with him almost 40 years of work experience. Let me think. Where did he start his career in the 1970s? John C. Dvorak. Where? Uh, some bank. International Monetary Fund. <laughs> the IMF. Yes, bank. It's a bank. <laughs> yeah. Among other things, he contributed to debt restructuring of Morocco and Indonesia. Well, how'd that work out? There you go. That's your new tax man from Germany. <clears throat> Intel Inside. Nice. Mm. But the funniest thing, I think the funniest thing that has happened, uh, and of course there was even talk of this in a Gitmo Nation Lowlands, uh, was the uh, G-Force or G-4S uh, <coughs> debacle in uh, Gitmo Nation East. This is the uh, corporation that is supposed to uh, provide security for the Olympics. Oh, this is a fiasco. Yes. So, of course, uh, this uh, now a lot of people are saying, oh, they're setting it up for a false flag. No, I disagree. And this most recent report, which just came in, proves my theorem. Uh, this is to bring military to the streets and the waterways of London, and they will be permanent. They will not go away, and you're getting an extra bonus. As athletes and guests start to arrive here at Heathrow Airport for London's Olympic Games, they'll be met by all the usual sights, including long queues at immigration as UK border officials struggle to cope with the sheer numbers involved. But it won't be just UK officials they'll come across. Some may be surprised to see American agents operating on British soil. The US Transport Administration Authority has reportedly been allowed to bring in its agents. In so she mispronounces it, but it's the Transportation Security Administration. Uh, TSA agents <coughs> will be in London. That's a great gig. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, hey, guys, what, what boss? Road trip! 
in a move aimed at helping British authorities to secure American flights in and out of the because UK. Because their uh, British authorities are obviously idiots. The agents because, apparently... And by the way, let me just as an Ask Adam thing, how many flights, by the way, have flown out of Heathrow and they've had problems coming in the United States that we need to put more security over there? Must be, but they must be falling out of the sky like crazy. Well, this is the ones going into the UK. We've had the, the guys who, uh, you know, were going to blow up... Uh, Bottles of water. We've had shoe bomber guys, all foiled, of course, while they were at home before they even went to the airport. They didn't even have tickets. But okay, it's okay. You foiled it. But this is for coming into the country. You're gonna why? Because it's this is the start. This is this marks the start of the new world order. This is now you've got thousands of uh, troops on the street. Just you know, stop and search. They just uh, want to see how far the British public can be pushed. Oh, uh, d- apparently infinite levels. It does not stop. But wait, there's more. They won't be allowed past boarding gates or onto UK aircraft. But their mere presence could prove controversial. In the US, they've been accused of performing intrusive pat-downs. It's just the latest concession that Britain's been forced to make to the US, which doesn't believe the Olympic host has done enough to ensure the security of the game. The American team will reportedly bring with it 500 FBI agents. Five. Wait a minute. Why do we give a crap about the the, U, the UK Olympics? I'll tell you what. What, what is no. it? Where we own the UK now and we're sending our FBI guys over there? This is unbelievable. You're seeing this all wrong, John. It's another road trip. Hookers well, in the I UK know, are I pretty mean, cool. I'm sure that if I was in the FBI, I'd want to take the road trip too. But the, but this this nonsense. That, oh, we're so concerned about the security of the Olympics. <laughs> Why? Oh, do we own the Olympics? I mean, what, we were stooges now for the International Olympic Committee, those corrupt pricks. Are what's, you kidding me? What's interesting is, you know, wh- while I was over there, the whole brouhaha about, uh, <clears throat> about the Ralph Lauren ugly uh, oh, yeah. uniforms made in China. And they, now, wait, play the clip I got. Diane, this is, this is just a teaser about it on ABC There's to emphasize the bullcrap story. How could it be? We thought America ought to know. Our report ignited a fury. Members of Congress today called for action and Olympic Committee members ducked for cover. Made in America. It's about American jobs, American workers, America's future. Only on World News with Diane Sawyer on ABC. So would no one, or what the news media fails to point out, it's the Olympics. What, why Why all the commercialism? <clears throat> Excuse me. Coca-Cola has the Coca-Cola 8-pack. The, you know, there is billions being made. Billions you being made on this. You can't wear a logo T-shirt. Billions being made. And they are the most elitist a-holes in the universe. They are so elitist, all of them. And and the, and the, the athletes who get completely raped get nothing. All the, you, know, you have to, like, support your athlete. Yeah, because Coca-Cola is not going to pay him. You know, all they want is, you know, they want to be Bruce Jenner and hopefully retire after they've wrecked their bodies, hopefully retire with some endorsement deals after the Olympics. The whole thing is one big commercial sham. And and why? I, I don't understand it either, John. What is the mythology? Is this all because of the Greek flame and, and all of that? I don't get it. Why? The baloney flame that keeps going out. This is This is just as bad as... Uh, as daylight savings time, everyone I have is never programmed. seen marketing that for. I mean, I've never seen 
marketing like this. I mean, I've watched this all my life. It's well executed, and it's all douchebaggery marketing. Yeah. And they've done it by creating this mythos over these phony games, which were on and off again forever. Yeah. yeah. You know, there wasn't none of these games in, in the year 850. Hey, and remember, Adolf Hitler had the uniform contract uh, in the 40s. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Those were. No, the whole thing is just like. I don't know, and people all and these these athletes proving, of course, what we've always thought about many of them. They don't, you know, they just brainless <laughs> and uh, working for nothing and uh, being exploited. It's, it's ludicrous. So they can get the little gold thing they can brag about to their kids, which isn't even real gold anymore. No, it's no, not. it's a big giant piece of uh, play-doh. Uh, no, I, I think it's a it's um, t- uh, t- uh, tungsten. <laughs> tungsten. Yeah. Tungsten. Right. Check. All right. Hey, yeah, we can bitch about this till we're blue in the face and it means nothing. All right. Let's look at the vaccine world because there's uh, some good stuff going on. Well, I do you know about the twitching girls? Oh, tell me about the twitching girls. What do we got with oh, the yeah, twitching, there's twitching girls? girls. Play more girls gone crazy with symptoms and then play <laughs> twitching part two. More girls gone crazy. A mystery illness strikes a group of kids across the country, leaving both parents and doctors baffled. The girls went from happy, normal kids to shaking, twitching and sneezing uncontrollably. Jim Array has the latest on what is causing the bizarre episodes. Hey, if I were married to that woman, I'd have to smack her around if she talked like that the whole time. So, before you go on, they never do explain anything, by the way. Well, why why would they? What what a waste. We got got commercials to play, man. Controllably jerking her head and arms. I would say her body's out of control. And get this. On the exact same day, Pamela Sturm of North Carolina was alarmed when her 17-year-old daughter, Lily, woke up from a nap and started twitching. So not a mention of uh, of anything, not a mention of the H- HPV shot. It's a no mystery. Nothing. How could it be, ladies and gentlemen? Well, this is very interesting because Australia has now become the first country to mandatorily administer the HPV vaccine to teenage boys, and it gets better because they've they've you know now that we're kind of solving AIDS, yeah, which I'll get to in a minute. Gay men are in the highest risk group to contract the virus, apparently. So let me just make sure I get this right. Work? Let me just get this right. This I'm reading literally from the from the report. Gay men are in the highest risk group to contract the virus since the vaccine started being administered to teenage girls. Since its introduction, the vaccine has proved effective in reducing infection and as an indirect result, protecting heterosexual boys. The introduction of vaccine to boys as well as girls is expected next year and should should significantly lower the risk of infection to gay men in Australia. So luckily, we've got another gay virus. It's for your cervical cancer, you gay men. My head explodes when I read this. I'm starting to twitch just even being reading a report about HPV because you don't have a cervix as a man. But now we have a thank God we have something for gay men as a bi curious male. I'm just outraged once again. And now we have for the gay men, we have retrovirals. Yes. Retrovirals, which will prevent HIV, not only in 
people infected with HIV, but also people who have pre-exposure prophylaxis. Yes, well, you can, uh, I have the true VADA clip. Known as PrEP. So pre-exposure They keep saying that prophylaxis. What the hell is pre-exposure prophylactics? Yeah, play the clip, I'll tell you. Over a year and a half ago, he added another tool to keep him HIV negative, a daily pill called Truvada for PrEP. It's something that we can use to combat the infection and de- hopefully decrease infection rates. Derek started Truvada for PrEP as part of a clinical trial. Today, the FDA gave the drug its official stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. Today was a watershed moment in our response to HIV in the United States. James Lodica of the San Francisco AIDS Foundation thinks the FDA's approval of the first drug to prevent HIV and AIDS will lead to more testing and access to HIV prevention. Truvada for PrEP is not going to end HIV by itself, but we can't end HIV without it. And when we combine Truvada for PrEP with all the other prevention technologies that are already available, we believe we're on the verge of taking a significant step forward to this vision of an AIDS-free generation. It's not for everybody. The drug is only recommended to people who are confirmed to be HIV negative and are considered part of a high-risk group and is meant to be used with other preventative measures. According to the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, nearly a quarter of gay men in San Francisco are HIV positive. For Derek, Truvada is more than just peace of mind. The more tools that we have for prevention for HIV, the better. And this is a step in the right direction, I think. Now, the FDA's approval of Truvada for PrEP is just the beginning for getting this drug out to the people who need it the most. Right now, a year's supply of the drug costs between fourteen dollars and $16,000 oh. a year. Oh, That's over $1,000 a month. Dana? Of course. Of course. This is... This is sham. This is the drug that's been used already. Highway robbery. <coughs> totally. It's highway robbery. And it's only for the people who need it most. Who needs it the most? I everybody, mean, like, everybody this apparently. Tenoferil, and it's, this is that combination. Of, this is one of those cocktails that's been around for a while. It was first approved in 2004. And then they said, you know what else we could use this for? We're not making enough money. So, prof. Prophylaxis, the definition of prophylaxis, is measures designed to prevent health and prevent the spread of disease. So, pre, so literally, PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis or pre-exposure prevention, it means, which is like pre-crime. Right. That means before or you've been exposed to HIV, so you don't have it, is what that really refers to. And so you don't, you haven't got it. You, they test you. Yeah, you haven't got it. So you, oh, yeah. so you're right. in the pre-exposure mode. Yeah. So please and, um, go watch the documentary House of Numbers. You can see, you can watch it on uh, online. I think it's uh, it's entirely on YouTube for sure. And you can see the uh, the uh, the co-founder, as in who also discovered the HIV virus, literally saying that this is a huge scam. The uh, the AIDS industry should watch that. You really should. The guy who discovered it is saying that this, all of this is a big scam. So I'm trying to find out who the what the, what you listened to there was on the local news story. It was a package. Yes, that was not produced locally. Oh, don't tell me you found 
No, I have not found the public oh, relations okay. agency behind it, but I will. Yes, you will. And I'm sure it's one of the big boys. And there's a, at $16,000 a, a year, yeah. a pop to take this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've got the money to spend for public relations. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's, so they, they, they ramrodded the story into the public domain. It's all over the place. Yeah. The War on Chicken. Oh, yes. We have two stories about the war on chickens. Three vaccines used to prevent respiratory disease in chickens have swapped genes. Produ- oh producing two lethal new strains that have killed tens of thousands of fowl across two states in Australia. Mm. Uh-huh. Right along with that, Mexico. Home, no, Mexico's always in on Home it. of the crazy flu. <clears throat> Swine flu. Uh, they have slain two and a half million birds at poultry firms. That would be chickens. Poultry farm, sorry, in western Mexico over the past three weeks, an attempt to contain a bird flu outbreak. The virus responsible was responsible for Mexico's current blue. F- uh, the virus responsible for Mexico's current bird flu outbreak H seven N three. We're moving up in the numbers. Has occasionally caused human disease in various parts of the world, according to the United Nations. I say it's time we're going to get it again, ladies and gentlemen. No agenda. Can't wait. It's going to be a great summer. That's right. No agenda swine flu. Yeah, they got to do something because there's a, the flu vaccine game is a winter's only moneymaker. They got to move it to the summer. That's right. So you have it all year round. It's kind of like, you know, doing a new television series in the summer. You got to do that. Just someone's got to do it. And if you're the only one doing it, then you make a killing. Yeah, because nobody's got any competition. People yeah. don't like watch, watching reruns if, they've, you know, if they're really into a show. I think the guys are really smart for doing this. But vaccines, as we have uh, known for many, many years on this program, vaccines are the bonanza. It's all about giving people stuff that they, who are not sick. Because you have to be so worried, so afraid. Oh, boy. And it works. People just lining up for it. So I saw, talk about lining up, I saw one of the worst egregious, uh, I guess, I don't know, art, uh, news items. It was on the uh, that horrible show that used to be good years ago, Nightline. Mm. And it yeah. was just essentially, I didn't. I only have a little clip of it. It's, the, the clip is a facelift plug. And it's, a, it's some woman who got a facelift. She's a producer in Hollywood. She looks fine. And then she had a face of it. I don't think she looks that much different. She doesn't even actually probably looks less attractive. But she was like preoccupied. And they the way they played this thing out, listen to this this piece. And it's just to promote facelifts. Oh, oh my oh, God. Hello. It really is different. After a nose job, a chin implant, and fat grafting, her new face is complete. Here is the quintessential profile shot, which... Before, you never would have put on. I never would have put that on because my little chin would have been, you know, looking like a little turtle. Triana is finally ready to show her nearly 800 Facebook friends her new face. Do you feel a little more confident about it now? I do. It extends all the way to Skyping with people, to having other people tag me in a Facebook picture or something. I feel great all the time. Before, I even used to, like hold my chin and my you know what i mean and now i just i want to show my face 
Hello. But you look gorgeous. Aww. I walk taller. I feel more comfortable. Like I feel really good. For Nightline, I'm Cecilia Vega in Los Angeles. Wow. It was disturbing. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, over in uh, Gitmo Lowlands, I, I saw a lot of um, news reports about uh, you know, women's magazines. You know, I, you know, I feel sexier after my boob job. It's just sad. I think there's a the public sad. relations movement yeah. going on as we speak promoting this because, as you recall... <coughs> There's been a lot of negative stories. Yeah. You know, face yeah. jobs gone bad. Yeah. And websites with face jobs gone bad. Look at her before and after. Holy crap, she looks terrible. So they've, they've, they're, this is a counter-strike. This is a total counter-strike. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. If we had one of those sites up right now, we'd be bribed to take it down. Or they'd, you know, for, uh, they'd, they'd bring on some kind of, like, intellectual properties lawsuit. Yeah, no, we'd be, yeah. we'd have to take it down. Yeah, now, you watch, right. there'll be very little of that in the, over at least while the where they're paying the big dough. Right. So I have two clips that might be good to play at the end. <laughs> well, let's uh, we got to wrap it up. I'm tired, uh, actually. Okay, well then we'll just finish so. up with. I might as well just finish up then with something I want to reintroduce to the show because somebody's requested. A couple people have. What happened to the bad acting clips? Oh yes, good. What so we- I got this from Modern Family. <laughs> it's the two gay guys who I've decided, by the way, aren't gay, and they're just bad actors. And this is them. Mitch, Mitchell, where are you going? I'm just sick of it, Cam. Mitchell, come back here and talk to me. There are coyotes out here and, and meth addicts. Every time, Cam. Every time someone says that we're getting a, a baby, I get my hopes up, and then, and then when it all falls apart, I. We just have to go through the whole thing again. And then, meanwhile, uh, the child that we do have is, is at a recital, and, and we're missing it. You know, I'm as frustrated as you are. Are you? Wow. Okay. So here's the formula. Bad acting and gay equals ratings. <laughs> we should try no agenda. Is it like, John, John, have you seen what that bitch Hillary has done this time? What? Well, she and that Huma, you know, her beard. Well, they're just uh-huh. out there just plugging away and having McCain doing all the talking for them. That McCain. Come on, John. You can be gayer than that. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> You, just, I, Come you on, be, try. You got this. Got to be, like, I, I, I can do a. Is pretty there not good a little gay, bit of gay just, in there? Is there no gay in you at all? There's, there's. Let me, let me try to get into the gay thing a little bit. Okay, oh, that's good. You could, you could be like the old. I can, buy the, I can do the little bit less than than what you're doing. Why don't you be the sugar daddy gay? Like, yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no. Now, I think we're just gonna offend it. What gay audience we have? No, go ahead. Though. They like it. Come on. It's, I want if if I could just hear you do a little gay, then I would feel like it, we can get some ratings. It's fabulous. No, that's not. That's lame. Gay. I'm not gonna sit here trying to appease your. I'm not going there. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty I re- good. I refuse. Just say something like. Just say. Okay. Here, here's how it works. I say something, and all you have to do is, uh-huh, girlfriend. Okay, ready? So here we go. I, that's not gay. That's dumb. <laughs> that's incredible. Please never say that. Oh, well, you need to get out in San Francisco more, my friend. That, maybe 10 years ago. How about just do Irish? If you do Irish, it might I sound. can't do Irish, and I can't do Scotch. Scots is the one I really want to get down. Just try, just, just try, try a little Irish. No, I, I can't do Irish. I can only do a few voices. I'm not, I'm not Leo. 
<laughs> I can't believe you can't do gay. Can't, gay, I can't do Irish. I can do a little gay, but it's always just at the spur of the moment, at the right, in the right moment. So it's like my uh, my Indian. I do that occasionally. I, I'm sure. How about a gay Indian? I can okay, maybe do okay, that. Okay, okay, let's do a gay oh, Indian. No. Now this is a gay Indian. Is, is that good enough? There's no gay in that Indian. That's totally gay. <laughs> wow. You know. And by the way, by the way, you have a block, man. You have a mental block. There's a, you got a block. There's blockage. We got to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we really got front. Gotta... Front. Front. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. good. That was pretty good. Okay, I, I, go. I would just do like, um, can I have some tea with milk? Can I have some tea with milk? <laughs> <laughs> we were in the lounge yesterday uh, in New York because it, that was kind of cool. KLM let us use their lounge even though we were arriving. And so, you know, we're like freaking out and like trying to figure everything out. Joan Collins comes in. With, Joan Collins? Yeah. With that big hat on, because I think she needs that to keep the facelift part, you know, kind of hidden. All the scars uh, uh, around yeah, and her. Just a bunch of uh, clothespins holding her face up in, in the hat. And uh, and she's totally. And Mickey, by the way, says, "Oh, that's okay. It's good. She should do that." So she got like, two rich gay guys, who I, I'm sure are paying for the whole trip. And he, so you know, she's sitting right right in, you know like catty corner to us. Here's the conversation. Oh. Were you able to go out and smoke your fag? Oh, good. Oh, well, when we get in, first thing we do, we go party at Saint-Consanc. What do you say? Because I'm, I'm a little superstitious. You know I'm superstitious, don't you? We got a party at Saint-Consanc. Like, really? What? Yeah, Saint-Consanc. That was Joan Collins? Yeah, Saint-Consanc is the club Saint-Consanc. 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 55? Yeah, Club 55 in Saint-Tropez, where they apparently were headed. And she's like two rich gay guys paying for her to be, you know, the, basically instead of her having a handbag. That doesn't make sense. It tends to be the other way around. The, no. The but she pays for the gay guys. But she, you know, I don't think she's got the money rolling in anymore like it used to be. So, you know, now she's, she's, an, annuity? she's, an, she's an accessory. It's like, oh, whose turn is it to take Joan to Saint-Tropez? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, yeah, it's not gay either. It's completely gay. Yeah, well, you get, well, so was my voice. Then. Yeah, you, you are, you are the worst gay ever. I'm very gay. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just being silly. So, um, yeah, well, we've already lost our ten gay listeners. I think we have a lot more than that. And you know what? They love it. I would like to have them say, uh, shut up, slave. <laughs> Good, John. Wait, do that again. I just did it. Do it again. I can't do it twice. Come on, do it again. No, no, no. I'm not easily goaded by you. Please. Why? Because I just want it recorded. You had it recorded. You no, have but it recorded. No, there was the Marriott thing was playing underneath it. Aha. Uh-huh. No, because you're going to use it the show opener, and I'm going to, and it's going to be at the beginning of the show, and then we're going to lose our gay audience for the rest of the show. So no, no. I'm using that part now for sure. Nah, you shouldn't use that. Yeah. We're going to use our, we're going to lose our gay audience for sure. Now nah, that doesn't sound right. You're right. All right, everybody. So uh, we'll be looking into some stuff, getting ready to assassinate some uh, more media and still looking for a trailer for the 2009 Hot Pockets tour. We have about eight eight or nine days left since uh, 
I blew my I blew my wad on uh, getting back in time. The backup emergency trailer rental money. <sighs> yes, the chat room. Uh, Thorn is uh, going to make uh, T-shirts. I'm gay for no agenda. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be a hit. It would be a hit if you can get on the road. All right, everybody, uh, it was quite enjoyable. Remember, Dvorak.org slash NA for your value for value donations. Get on in as an executive or associate executive producer for Sunday's program when we will return and coming to you once again from Camp MoFo back live in the control room. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we are taking part in the first post-postmodernist podcast in the universe and in the world. And both. I just, I don't know. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Shut up, slave. Start zitto, schiavo. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Shut up, slave.